Hello, everybody, and welcome back to DeathRollProds.com, comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joe, today we have Birdie. Ow, cat bit me. And Nico. Uh, nothing bit me. <laughs> <sighs> it's been a hellish week, though, and I'm having a beer. <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah, so we got a full crew today, motherfuckers. And we probably should have planned something out for this, but yeah, it's kind of appropriate that we have a full crew to talk about the fact that Stanley has died. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this came as a blow, but not a shock to a lot of people. No, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the fact that he would probably pass away soon was not was not a shock to anyone. The man yeah. was 95 years old. Yeah, it was just, right. a, matter, it was just a matter of... The fact that it did happen, mm-hmm. and and this past year as as it's led up to this has just been a, a shitty last year for him with his wife passing the year before, and just like all the rumors of the money stealing that was going on and everything. Yeah, and so, like the elder abuse yeah, and yeah. Um, but 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 this dude, ninety five, this he lived a life. Oh hell yeah! Like this this guy lived one hell of a life. So like. I mean, kudos to everything he's done. I mean, uh, really, uh, major accomplishments. And despite, you know, I guess uh, everything, they, the mixed things, I guess, previous to him passing that have has been said over the years, you know, because he's a flawed human being like everybody else, right? Yeah. Um, you can't really take away, though, his contributions to comics no matter what oh, no, yeah. you say. Con- like, yeah, like, uh, like, no matter who you believe in, like, the story of whether or not he borked over fucking Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby, comics would not be what they are without him. No. And yeah. And there there was a lot of positivity too actually for once. <laughs> for once on the comics uh, on co- by the comics community online that I oh, saw. Oh yeah, fucking uh, the I, day like, of his passing. Yeah, it's like probably the, the most positive day I've ever seen. Yeah, online, yeah, the day the day he the passed, I just saw fucking thousands of tribute images, a lot of them co-opting the I don't want to go from Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Which understandable. Yeah. But then, but then a lot of it is like a lot of it is like them like recreating Spider-Man pages with just him walking off into the into the fucking light, uh, him meeting his wife again in the afterlife. Somebody mm-hmm. kicking Bill Maher in the taint. And then there was the Army Hammer comments. What we're not talking about the negative thing. I I got where he was coming from with that, but at the same time, it's like it's one of those things where he cut he met and touched so many people's lives, I don't see that, that as a bad thing that people were posting and pictures actually, um, of themselves. So, them. so, you know, a bit of kudos to, to um, Army Hammer, and I guess Jeffrey Dean Morgan, too. Yeah. Because right after that happened, called, Army Hammer was like, hey. Called him a dick. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was like, yo, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking suck. That man was a legend. Yeah, it just speaks to. I don't see an issue. I get what he was saying, but I don't see an issue with it because it it just goes to show you how many people like he met and like kind of how many people. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things that everyone had a moment with him that was in that industry or even just outside yeah, like, that I industry. Mean, it, with with guys like Stanley, the question you always have to ask is: uh, Yeah, there might be flaws, but are the flaws big enough to outweigh their accomplishments and what they contributed to whatever they contributed right. to? In the case of Stanley, I don't think they are. 
Yeah. I mean, I see the problems. Like, I, if I were Steve Ditko, I would probably piss You'd on his be grave. A bit but <laughs> just a, just a also, bit miffed. Also, passed this year though. Both of them died this year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a, it's just. I, but I mean, it's just I don't. Um, I think the problems with him are not as he's one of those guys who. Yeah, no one's flawless, but at the same time, the stuff that's good about right. him is good enough to Absolutely. outweigh the, the stuff that's really bad. Yeah. And, and not only that, I think the the number one thing I, I heard being said, despite all that shit, is, uh, which is absolutely true, is that he was, like, the face of comics. Like, everyone associates Stan Lee with comics. He was a spokesperson for Marvel. You wouldn't even have known any of those creators' names back then if it wasn't for Stan. Like, Stan oh, yeah. was he... a perfect uh, spokesperson for what he did. Like, that was what he did best. He sold himself and comics and as a community. Yeah, say what you will about him as a creator or whatever. Motherfucker was an amazing hype man. Yeah, exactly. Like to the point where fucking motherfuckers who've never picked up a comic in their life know who Stan Lee is, know what he did, and are still the same motherfuckers sitting out there with the rest of us weird nerdy assholes going, fuck yeah, there's there's fucking comic grandpa in the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, even I, even yeah. stuff that was created for bad reasons but was made good, I can thank him for. Like she-Hulk was made because Marvel didn't want to lose out on female spinoff rights to characters they had made TV shows of in the 70s. Yeah. So they made She-Hulk and Spider-Woman. And, like, Stan Lee made Spider-Woman She-Hulk himself. So I have him to thank for Jennifer Walters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean, I I feel like we're, this is going to be a lot of, yeah, did he have problems? Sure. Did we still love him? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, don't I, want uh, don't want to get yeah, too. It will be messed. Yeah, don't want to get too fucking long on this, but yeah, no. Stanley did amazing things for the community, and he his is the presence that will be dearly missed. But don't worry, you can catch his digitally reanimated corpse in the next fucking Avengers movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I I'm sure for that one. I think they I think he did end up filming. Oh no, yeah, like was, they, they've said they said yeah. they, ha- they said they have his next three cameos already filmed. But but eventually they're gonna basically yeah they're gonna do the the, For the, uh, uh, in, yeah. the in memory of the respectful yeah. thing would be to do it like they do in the Marvel in the Marvel Netflix shows where it's just hey we'll have a picture of him in some kind of position of authority kind of looking over everyone but not really a super big thing but paying attention like yeah there's that fucker look at the, look at the police station but being that it's movies <sighs> they ain't doing that shit it's gonna be him and Leo Organa hanging out in a fucking cafe. Well, I was about to say it was her, and and there was that general, what's his name, Tarkin. Uh, yeah, Grandma Tarkin. Uh, Grandma Tarkin, that was in that fucking movie who had been dead for like twenty years <laughs> at that point, which yeah. was crazy when I Just saw. There was a state like fifty like, bucks. Don't let me put him in it. But yeah, he, yeah. So I guess moment of silence for him. Yeah. And picking things up on a lighter note, Birdie. Yeah, so I've been meaning to do this for a while because I did this about a month ago, but I just needed it to be on a show that I was on and that Nico was on because there's no point if it's just me and Dead Man. Hi. So I interviewed Ed Brubaker. Oh, wow. Yeah. For what? For the site? No, well, technically, I guess technically. It's for the site. But, right. <laughs> but we're, we're, not, I we're not a big got... interview factory over here. 
No, I know that. I just, but that's really cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, I met him at a book signing for uh, what was that last book you did with Sean Phillips? Uh, All my uh, heroes my, are junkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I got some stuff signed from him, and I asked him some industry questions while mm-hmm. I was because I paid for the right. So, all right. So, just a list of stuff to uh, make people laugh and smile. I'm saving the big one that Nico's going to like for last. But, awesome. Um, uh, starting point, uh, he said he and Sean Phillips will work together till one or both of them are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Start that, the countdown. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that also along the same lines, um, apparently whenever he finishes a new book with Sean Phillips, whenever they're trying to think of something to do in the meantime, they do another volume of Criminal. Right. So they just do that to fill time. Right, right. Which I guess was this, yeah. Because as soon as uh, Kill or Be Killed end ended, they they announced this uh, this OGN, and I was like, when the fuck were they working on this? <laughs> it was like it was a very which which this the the junkies thing, yeah, tied into it. It's awesome, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go on. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, so obviously, um, the other the my introduction to Ed Brubaker, I don't know, you Nico was Winter Soldier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. I. Yeah. Mine was. Uh, yeah. Probably his cap stuff. Yeah. 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 So I asked him some questions. Um, uh, so this will include some Joe Casada bashing. Casada uh, tried to take credit for the Winter Soldier. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. According to Brew Baker, uh, once uh, Brew Baker's idea came into quiz, he's like, "I made this brilliant new character." And according to Brubaker, based on the writing rooms they had together, the only thing he contributed is that he should have long hair. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice job, Casada. Yeah. No, you want you wanted to agree with that one thing so he could technically put it on a byline. <laughs> but yeah, so um and the other thing, uh I asked him this because I am one of those weird people who read uh, The Death of Captain America before I read Civil War. I asked Brubaker mm-hmm. whether or not it was Marvel or his decision to kill Cap off. Uh, he said it was his decision because initially Marvel would have preferred mm-hmm. that they just leave um, Cap in prison and have like his trial while he's in jail for right. the crimes of Civil War. And apparently Brubaker didn't really want to do that because he had just got done doing all the stuff with Daredevil being in jail. So he didn't really want to repeat himself mm, much. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Which is great. His Daredevil stuff in jail was awesome. And Bendis really put him in a fucking st- st- shitty situation with that end to his story. So <laughs> with, like, yeah. you go. So with yeah, Marvel yeah. having said, like, hey, we wanted to do trial stuff. Does Marvel have a hard on for trials? Because I mean, like, Probably. one of their more popular characters, like two or more, Punisher. two of their more popular characters are lawyers, and like half their cast yeah. have been on trial at some point. Yeah. Well, because Marvel is always about like more realistic people mm. with real problems. Right. Like DC's not as big on our superheroes it's, are yeah. are being put in judiciary <clears throat> situations. It's, as much as it, as we said last time, it would have been funny for Batman to be on trial for. The crimes of Batman. Yeah. It's true because, like, you know, people look up to the Justice League or the DC characters in general as, like, being, like, godly beings for the most part. People yeah, but, yeah, Marvel, but, yeah, but then you think they're they, just they, like, look at these shithead mutants. Yeah, but then like, you think whenever they do, like, a fucking yeah. big event, that would be the first thing they go to is, like, yo, we got right. these fucking gods. Let's put these gods in fucking court. <laughs> right. Flip the script on these motherfuckers. 
I mean, they have done it to some degree, I'm sure, in stories over time, but not like, yeah, like you said, like Marvel has for sure. It's, you know, people hate on Marvel characters. Yeah, Marvel, you throw, you throw a dart and there's a chance that somebody you hit has been put, has been to court. Yeah. In a major storyline. So, yeah, so when when the trial idea fell through, Brubaker said he wanted to kill Cap off, but he it was also his idea originally that once he killed Captain America off, there would be no Cap for a while. Like, he felt that since so much of Civil War was about the idea that Captain America no longer represents America killing him off and having there be no Captain America would be a much more fulfilling storyline because it would be about America trying to find the values that Cap represented again. Yeah. Since so much of Civil War, and particularly the god-awful Civil War front line, was about stuff like Cap doesn't represent us anymore because he doesn't have a MySpace page or watch NASCAR. Which is funny because I thought... You don't know what number Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s car is? You ain't American, (laughs) you fucking Kenyan. The Captain America stuff he did, like, his Civil War tie-in stuff was actually really, really well done, though, I thought. Like, his was probably the best part of that whole thing. Yeah, but that's because it mostly focused on Bucky. Right. (laughs) Who is basically his character until very recently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but so, uh, and I don't know how I feel about this, because this might reflect badly on later years of Marvel, but when the, I, when... So Brubaker obviously got called out. Well, was reje- his idea of there being no cap was rejected, but Casada uh, wanted to go straight to eh, let's make Falcon cap. Really? Huh. Yeah. So that so they they had that idea all the way back then. Yeah, huh. which I don't know if that speaks badly of the cap the of Sam Wilson as cap arc from later that it's just something editorial wanted to do. Right. They just didn't care when or how it happened. Yeah, I'll get around to it eventually. I'll let people talk about this Waken stuff. I don't know. Let's fucking do it now. But, yeah, but Brubaker was like, no, if I'm, if I'm going to have to replace Cap, it's going to be Bucky. Which worked out great, because his... Buck's, uh, Bucky's run as Captain America under Ed Brubaker's direction was pretty goddamn awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So was his, yeah, his Winter Soldier series, too, that he did after... Mm-hmm. His cap stuff just with Bucky. That was that was a pretty good. Short lived series. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that's all the Marvel stuff. Now moving on. To, there isn't as much to say on DC because while Brubaker did some stuff in DC, he's not all that. Yeah. He does not. He's not really all that happy with most of the stuff he did for DC. The uh, right. the stuff he um he's most fond of was um, the Catwoman stuff he did with Darwin yeah. Cook and yeah. Gotham Central. That he did with Greg Rucka. Yes, yes. But uh, and this is a kind of a double point. Uh, he he was a fan of the Catwoman book even after he stopped writing it until author huh. until writer not writer artist Paul Galassi came on, yeah. and he basically made a point to go fuck Paul Galassi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that dude's art. So yeah. yeah. So Good do you know who him. Paul Galassi is, Dead Man? Uh, I could find out. Oh, yeah, so you watched Atop the Fourth Wall, right? Yeah. You remember Psy Spy? Yep. That's his art. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> ah, Christ. Who the, f- who the fuck would hire that guy? What? What? Why? Why? I mean, he he, he got big in the late in the mid '90s doing some Batman books that don't look good and really don't hold up on revisit. Mm. And um, 
Also, master, apparently, it, master of it, kung fu. Yeah, yeah. But also, Dead Man. Uh, it's always kind of nice when you learn that someone who's also uh, horribly untalented is also a bit of a shithead. <laughs> because part of the reason Brew Baker didn't like wa- working with Paul Galacy is that Galacy just kind of took the writer's scripts for the for the comics as like suggestions rather than like a full script. Oh god! So it's like if he didn't like something, he would just kind of do what he wanted. Oh Christ. Yeah, I know what you're talking about because if you read the Brubaker collections, uh, is there? Th- I think there's three paperbacks. The third one's where it ju- like jumps the shark and it just fucking it ends horribly. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if if anything, all his DC stuff didn't end well because of like editorial yeah. issues. Like because it got canceled. Yeah, yeah, Gotham Central was fucking weird. The ending of that, and uh, yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, that, that that's that's refreshing to hear that he also agrees with that. It's not like yeah, it's the best thing ever because that Cook stuff you couldn't beat his stuff he did with Cook and Cameron Stewart was also pretty good on that book as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. But then you got Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Galacy's a terrible person and a terrible artist, so I, I'm quite fine. Just like, oh, well, fuck you then. <laughs> hey, yo, fuck that guy. That guy's All right, an so, asshole. So, so, Nico, with as much as... So, I've noted, um, for the most part, Brubaker's only worked with two artists. Mm-hmm. He either works with Sean Phillips or Mike Epting, one or the other. Yep. Cause, yeah, because all of his uh, Marvel stuff... With Steve Bucky, Epting, isn't you know, it? Steve Epting. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, yeah, Steve Epting. And all the stuff he did with... Um, what was the British spy thing he did? What was her name? Uh, Velvet. Velvet. Yeah, that yeah. was done with Epting also. Yep. But it's pretty clear he likes working with Phillips the most. And he mm. says as much himself. So... Based on what your interests are in his books, what do you think his favorite book that he's worked on with Phillips is? Uh, <clears throat> I would say Fade Out. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. yeah. His, the, he even said the favorite <clears throat> line he's ever written was from the Fade Out when he was talking about mm. uh, was the, the, the bouncer. He was talking about one of these characters who's in the closet gay and he said he's like the Don Quixote of cocksuckers <laughs> yeah. and we had a little we had a little philosophical debate it's like you know it's a great line but it doesn't really make any sense so I'm not sure why I wrote it but <laughs> and then we just that, make, that like, makes it even better it's like is there like a, a mythical imaginary cock he's trying to suck is that we were trying to rationale how <laughs> Oh, he likes man. to ch- he likes to talk that guy. Now, I've seen him talk one time at a uh, at a show here in Toronto. That's that's awesome that you got to speak to him. Like he, w- I guess he was very talkative. Obviously, it sounds like with you even. Yeah, right? no, we like, talked for about yeah. 10, 15 minutes. That's awesome. And I was glad he was so fun to talk to because I had this because it was a crowded place and sure. I had this one absolute asshole behind me trying to ruin it by screaming shit like "Go Trump" or um, oh, like getting up in my space and saying the only Marvel books worth reading anymore are X Men and shit like that. <laughs> Man, I should have I should have sent you down there with a fucking mic. <laughs> oh God, yeah, good good on you. They actually got through this like, an interview with them with this guy yelling that shit. Jeez. Yeah, and here's the treat for you, Nico, as like a signing sure. off present. Um, he had pretty much confirmed Fade Out's going to be a trilogy. Yes, nice. Yeah, that's he's, awesome. He's planning out the second book currently. He doesn't know what he's going to do about the third one. The second one's going to be set in the fifties, 
uh, like late fifties towards the end of the McCarthyism era. He so the third one's okay. going to be somewhat in the sixties, but I think right. he's going to do the second. He's going to start working on the second book once he's done with the current volume of Criminal <sighs> with Phillips. Awesome, yeah, because they're returning to that now. That's great. Yeah, I remember you had asked. I didn't know what what, what the questions were for. We I didn't know the full details at that time. So that's really awesome. I I loved Fade Out, and it's I'm glad to hear. So it's because I think the first one took place right at the, the yeah, heart of that like McCarthyism, for, like right mid to, mid to late forties, right, 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 starting to get set up. Right, so everyone's yeah, getting this, blacklisted and shit. So then, so yeah, this one's going to take place in the somewhat near future then of that. Yeah, in the okay, 50s. nice. Yeah, no, I figured that was that was that. I mean, I know he like he loves that era and stuff, um, and I know he did a lot of research like for that shit. So that's awesome. Cool. Thanks for yeah. that. Thanks for asking about that. That's yeah, really no cool. problem. It, I, it's weird that I did actual reporter ish things for this yeah. show of all. Things. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Weird, right? I, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear though he's personable and everything sounds like with you. Yeah. Oh no, you always like it when you yeah. find out your heroes are nice people. And you like yeah. it even better when they tell you the people you don't like are also secretly dickbags. <laughs> yeah. No, I mentioned after I, I mentioned even after I was done with the the immediately after the interview, I was like, "Hey, man, this is going to involve some Casada bashing." <laughs> I'm just like fucking sick, brother. <laughs> awesome. Well, nice job, Birdie. That was great. Yeah. Yes, this, that, thus concludes the Brubaker brief. Awesome. And thus concludes the only journalistic work we'll ever fucking do on this site from going forward. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, by sheer happenstance, Brubaker, he- Brubaker fucking hears about this and thinks, yeah, let's fucking get on to these assholes. Uh, you know, I would say tweet it at him, but he's not on Twitter anymore. He had to escape the... No, only uh, if, I, if I have to tweet anything at him, it has to be through his artist friend, Phillips. Phillips right. is still on, but that's right. It. He's going, yeah, hey, Phillips, right. can you send Brubaker this, this SoundCloud link? <laughs> Talk about him a bit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that, Nico. No, I did. That's awesome. Glad you, I didn't know. I, I, had, I hoped that they were going to do a second part to it, but I didn't know it was going to be a trilogy. So that's really cool. Really, I didn't know that. Awesome. Yep. All right. If, if, I were, if I were more internet savvy, I could have maybe co-opted Audio. that into like a right. hot ha, hot take article for the site <laughs> <laughs> i am not that press savvy yeah. so i was like yeah hot take joke just, sort of sucks dick yeah this will this, this will be, be just for nico <laughs> yeah thank you I, <laughs> once upon a time i did try to do little write-ups for the site once i started trying to get clever that's when my days were over doing <laughs> I was like, hey, look how clever I am with my with my opinions. <laughs> Hot takes. Fuck Paul Galacy. <laughs> Somebody who has not worked in a decade. Yeah. Hot take. The nineties were pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. <laughs> There's a lot of douchebags in comics. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Hot take. Rob Liefeld. Well not a great well not a well just a terrible creator. Probably not probably a decent guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I thought I would save all... I kept a huge list of notes while I was talking to him, and I figured I would just save them for whenever I was next on the show with you and Dead Man. Awesome. That's great. How many times did you underline and circle fuck Asada? <laughs> uh, I, I kind of did a uh, about-to-barf emoji next to Casada's name whenever I had to write it, but... <laughs> you guys actually want to hear something funny about yeah, sure. Kasada? There's plenty that's uh, funny about. Kasada. Yeah, I know that's true, but something I just I just found out recently. Career. 
a couple of weeks ago, they just released an omnibus that collects the Kevin Smith stuff that he did with uh, where he oh, drew right. Daredevil. Yeah, like with Daredevil. Uh, yeah, on the back cover of the omnibus, because I've, I've seen it, is a picture of Joe Quesada, <laughs> which I've never actually seen a creator <laughs> picture profile on the fucking actual omnibus. I've never, like, you know how, like, most people do it inside the book? You know yeah, I mean? huh. like, I, this is on the back cover. There's a picture of Casado with his hand, like, he's got, like, his hands up against his, like, face, like a little, like, you know, like, stock photo pose. I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck? Oh, fucking crap. I'm like, how vain are you that you... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he was, like, the one who was like, hey, I need my photo on the back of this fucking book. Like, I mean, he's arguably <laughs> yeah. a good manager of Marvel at sure. the time since he, he pulled it out of dr- the them out of bankruptcy. The yeah, absolutely. But yeah. the shit he did to Spider-Man and just his general policies on the creative process at Marvel... Right. No, sense. fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I, I just found it funny when I saw the actual omnibus oh, sure. in the, in yeah. the store. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it, like, did, did did the sign come with from the guy who brought you Spider Man one more day? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But, but, it, actually, but just it, speaking of Spider Man and Joe Quesada, um, so that Spider Man TV show that's on right now, Joe Quesada is the, is the executive producer of it, but he also is a character in it. Are we talking the one that has like every Spider-Man ever in it? Um, I don't know. It just it just called it just called Spider-Man. Okay, because like I think this is the one I told you about that has a team of Spider people all going to school at the same time. That features Spider Gwen, Miles Morales, uh, Anya Corazon, Spider Girl, and Peter Parker, who are all the same age and all get to be Spider people at about the same time. Okay, yes, that is that one. Okay. Yeah, he, like, yeah, oh, he is in there. Shit. Yeah, he is in there as the owner of Q's Cup of Joe, as the character Joe that looks like himself. Because you know, that's something that the fucking kids will get. Just is like, it's like, hey, I really like this show, but this one Joe guy, he just can't fucking act for shit. Yeah, I'm surprised like one of uh, Stanley's cameos didn't come in and say, "Have some self-respect, son." <laughs> <laughs> yeah just just this cameo from the spider-man video game just walks in just goes fucking christ man get gooder that was the photo that was on the back oh of the god <laughs> i just sent it to you guys i've yeah i found oh, it online god. Jesus that, christ. that was the exact photo that was on the back Is of the Atari? <laughs> <laughs> everything is going as i planned if i was even capable of emotion I'd be crying with joy right now. Oh, man. If I was better at Photoshop, I'd totally Photoshop Gendo's glasses onto him. Yeah, so that's how ridiculous that was. Oh, God. yeah, I don't know. I've just I've never seen that before, like on the back of an yeah. omnibus. <laughs> I was like, uh, they didn't even call it Daredevil, like whatever omnibus they called it. Marvel. Well, it was the Marvel Joe Casada's Mark Millar. Well, no, it's it's called Marvel Knights by yeah. Joe Casada. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> so that he and then he got him on the back. Well, I mean, cover. I guess maybe that is, I don't know. How I much, guess like, I don't the, know. The, the, I don't. I know the Marvel Knights imprint was a thing. I read some of it, but I'm not familiar enough with its starting point or why it was created to know who's most responsible for it. Right. But the only things that I remember from it are like Kevin Smith's Daredevil, yeah, Mark well, Millar's Spider-Man, and well, yeah. the Black Panther thing. That's about yeah. it. Well, that that was the start of them getting out of the gutter of bankruptcy, uh, and Joe Casada 
agreeing to draw the and bringing Kevin Smith in for that Daredevil run. So yeah, you're right. Sure. Yeah, that was that was a big turning point for comics or at least Marvel. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, but it's like, like yeah. but it's like a he's running been running a victory lap and like tripping right. and stepping on shit and kicking people and throwing babies and stuff. At, it, it's like this is still my victory lap, right? Like yeah. people still love me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here is what I've so Marvel actually asked Casada to just make Marvel Knights after they filed for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. At which point he broadened all these people, encouraging them to experiment with these fucking characters, mm-hmm. and using right. his uh, using contacts that he, that he had like gotten the independence comics world to bring in a bunch of the creators that had that kind of like made Marvel Knights what it is. Right, including Kevin Smith, I think, with yeah. uh, Daredevil, which at that time was a big deal because people from movies or TV or whatever didn't actually write comics, really. Like, that was... Yeah. Uh, uh, and sometimes yeah. they still shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so essentially, that's what it was, just Casada that... Casada yeah. like, basically said, hey, you're just kind of like, yo, fucking people, come in, work with these fucking characters, do kind of what you want with them, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, let, let's let's turn the Punisher into an angel of death. That was bad. Like a Holy literal fuck. angel. Yeah. Of, like a literal <laughs> fucking. Yeah. Fucking oh, like man. I have I have this I have this wing I have these wings drawn. Put the Punisher in them. Yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> that fucking Punisher. Oh. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we have fun, right? Bashing Joe Casada is fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun for the whole family. Bring the kids. <laughs> Look at his fucking headshot gallery and just rip on it. Because you know that a man who has a picture like that, just kind of at the ready, has more than one. <laughs> I'm just surprised they didn't make the cover that. <laughs> Honestly, that sells bucks. There has, there has to be a meme somewhere of like the Ava popping his head in. It's like, are you in the right series, dude? <laughs> No, no, just imagine that's the cover of the book, but it's like, but it's like an actual author book. So it's like his name in giant golden bossed letters and just like on the back on the, on the fucking building, it just has Marvel written on it in the tiniest print they legally could do it. Yeah. Joe Casada. <laughs> oh yeah. And also, you know, Marvel. Did. Joe Casada. And you know, like Marvel. Hey guys, I like comic books. You might like Joe Casada. <laughs> I say, I get the hashtag fuck Joe trending. Sorry, fuck Casada trending. I think it's been trending long before us. We just had more fun. Yes, let's give us some resurgence. Bring it back to life. <laughs> Piggyback off of a fucking trending hashtag, and then maybe we'll get some fucking traffic. <laughs> that's how the internet savvy goes. That's, that's how it goes. <laughs> oh, if I had less, se- if I had less fucking self worth, then I might fucking try to jump on other hashtags, or I'd actually use hashtags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, oh, that Pepsi did something stupid. Well, it's trying to relate it to comics somehow with a meme. <laughs> they put that out there, see if they click on it. Those fucking people. Anyway, there's a reason we're not successful. <laughs> I mean, I already flat out admitted I am not media savvy. So I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm in the position where I kind of have to be, but refuse to be. Yeah, like, all right, I'll tweet this out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll tweet I out what we I'll do. do That's about it. <laughs> I ain't starting a fucking subreddit. That's just sad, starting your own subreddit. Fuck 4chan. 
<laughs> yeah, come at me, B. Yeah, hey, listen, I don't want to get hacked. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> I am not saying that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Please don't come at me, B. So, I am actually incredibly weak. <laughs> come at me, bro. <laughs> you will very easily get through our shit. Yeah. So, um, anything else worth talking about before we get no. into the main show? Not really. Uh, no, we don't really have so, any no. event stuff happening right now. That's kind of all the big news-ish things. If Heroes in Crisis is still shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't need a weekly update episode. to know that. Okay. Yeah, if you to the last I'll, one I didn't, that we I didn't see. The last show just went up, so I didn't look at it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, sorry about that. It, I am yeah, I, <laughs> very bad at my job. That was not me this time. <laughs> no, that, that was me. I had that, I upload, I had that uploaded and sitting there waiting to be fucking formatted and posted like fucking for a week. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I just I just want to make it clear because sometimes I never sent you the file for like days. And like that's I've been pretty good lately. <laughs> yeah, lately. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Lately. Anyway, I just keyword. Since, since I've been holding off on a big thing I wanted to do with Nico, I thought it would be fun. It would be nice to give him a nice treat before we get to that episode. Yes. Yeah. I, that was. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> oh, are we yeah. gonna announce so, that, or are we gonna wait till? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save it for day the of reckoning. All right. All right. We've been building it up. They, yeah. I think if, pe- if 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 one of our regular fans has been watching long enough, <laughs> they might know what we're talking about. If not, Excuse it'll me. be a surprise. I think you believe one of our. Reg- I think you mean one of our regular fan singular. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be nice to you, dead yeah. man. <laughs> I don't need your fucking charity. <clears throat> we we know it's that one person out there. I would have raised that one patron, bringing out the numbers. <laughs> His one that guy one patron who's going to lead to dead man times. That one that one patron who's going to make me and dead man watch Titans. <laughs> no, there's God. no patron. That's just me. <laughs> Oh, so I can just blame you again. Good. Yeah. There you go. So, so far, the only patron we've had has made us watch fucking My First Girlfriend is a Gal. Which, you know, fuck him for that. But, <laughs> but thanks for the money. <laughs> yeah, and hey, that money, still coming in. He's still here. So he must, is he Thank listening you. to all the content, though, or just the anime I don't know. show? I don't know. Okay. He, he's, like, commented on video games and stuff. So Right, right. Huh. Well, good for him. Yeah, thank you, whoever yeah. that is. Yeah. Stick around. You can also stick around by checking out patreon.com link in the description. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> nice. since there's no other news and I've given Nico <clears throat> his treat for the episode, shall we begin? Sure. Ah, yes, let's. Uh, so Nico, what are you been reading? Uh, yeah, so sp- speaking of Marvel Knights, they just brought it back, guys. Yeah, I, I, so, yeah, 20th anniversary, is that That's what they're right. calling it? Yeah, it's called Marvel Knights 20th. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on this cover, it just says Marvel Knights, but then it has, like, a an MK-20, like, kind of like a Mortal Kombat fucking yeah. symbol in the corner. Marvel Knights! So <laughs> $500 glasses, you asshole! Yeah, that's how this comic starts. <laughs> Goro just shows up and gets punched in the nuts. No, uh... <laughs> um, so this was, uh... This is a weird one. This is one of those ones where they kind of switch up the writers and artists every issue it looks like so the first issue was 
written or plotted. Hold on, I'm just looking. I hate how Marvel's doing this now. Sometimes they're putting in the credits at the end of the fucking issue, and sometimes they're putting it at the front now, like all yeah, comics. Yeah, there used to be a fucking staple, man. Right, right. Just, like, keep it the same so I we know We want to give fucking people their proper credit. <laughs> Stop making us so, work for it, goddammit. So this I mean, first, Nico, you could just say, "I hate how Marvel's doing this now," and just say it in general. But right, <laughs> yeah, just, I hate what Marvel's doing right now. Like, but, D- oh, but, D- but just all. <clears throat> but that's the thing; DC does this too. Like I, don't, yeah, I just, everyone I just, fucking I, does this, right? And for people that read digitally, that must be annoying as well, because like, oh sure, so, yeah. Sometimes you could see the credits and think, "Oh, it's done," and then just like, like I, stop reading. I'm you know not, what I mean? I'm not like, saying meanwhile, <laughs> I'm not mad at some stuff DC's doing. Hi, Heroes in Crisis. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm far less mad at right. DC than I am sure. at Marvel right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, and I believe that's the consent. Like most people, like actually, I agree with that. Um, but anyway, so Marvel Knights. This first issue, it's a six-issue mini, written by Donnie Cates, and uh, and uh, you actually talked about this guy not too long ago, Bertie. Um, uh, the person who drew the first issue, I think, in just the first issue, is um, Travel Foreman. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think. What, oh, what hi, we talked Christopher to- Priest of artists. Right. What we talked about last time is yes, his his ability to kind of be put on projects where he. My doesn't God, really you're fit. just so. Adequate. <laughs> I, here's the thing. <clears throat> Again, and I think we talked about this last time too. I don't mind his art, but he gets put on things no. where his art doesn't fit. I'm not or... saying. I, but I, he's just he, he keeps, uh, as you pointed out, he follows guys like Kenneth Rockefeller. Right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> right. No, exactly. And uh, and and or, or David things... Aja, and we're like, mm. oh, right. Oh no, right. honey. <laughs> And on this and this particular pro- project, this is why I wanted to tell you the uh, curse continues because they paired him with an inker that makes his art look not even as good as usual. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, and I'm really convinced it's the inker because I his art looked different in this and not in a good way. The inker was Derek Fridolfs, who I think worked on some Batman stuff. I think before uh, I, I recognize it's always his- weird. Like I know there's a distinction between inkers and pencilers. But right. it always it, it's it's always a weird sign when I can tell that one or the other is more talented <laughs> than the other because usually they should be enough in sync that it's not noticeable. Mm. But I have encountered situations <clears throat> where that has happened. Right. Yeah, and I mean, like sometimes, like you know, I think it's becoming more and more common today that a lot of artists are inking themselves, and like those are like yeah. the more prestige artists that people go to. But more of the old school artists, I find like like somebody that's been in the industry now for like twenty years or so, like just mainly a penciler, penciler for instance, or like a, a, like an Ed McGinnis. Who he he always has the same inker, right? Like that, like so, um, so like somebody somebody like that, like who like an inker penciler team or or Capullo stuff, like he had the same inker for all of Snyder's Batman run. You know what I mean? So like people that yeah. like mm-hmm. like um, that really find a good inker, like Scott Williams with Jim Lee, like he always uses him. Like you know what I mean? So like there is teams that are are. Once you find a good anchor to complement your pen, your pencils, I can understand wanting to stick with that same person. But but sometimes these other guys, like pencilers who are not who are not as big names, like Travel Foreman, for instance, like like in this, they got stuck with some anchor who doesn't complement his style at all. It's very heavy handed and really actually made his art look something where it's kind of. I can't even tell it's Travel Foreman. You know what I mean? So something like that, it's I'm not as much of a fan when things like this happen because it could actually ruin the, the artist's art. And, sure. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's bad, again. It just doesn't look like what I'm used to seeing from Travel Foreman. And again, like you're going you're gonna to launch Travel Foreman, like uh, this Marvel Knights title with, with him, and 
and I don't know, like some pages weren't great. So the art I was very conflicted throughout this whole issue with. Um, it's just this. Unfortunately, the curse continues as I mentioned <laughs> with travel yep, form yep, and, yep, and yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Um, anyways, uh, the story though I thought was pretty good. Um, I thought Donny Kate's script was good. I know Matthew Rosenberg and some other kind of up and coming writers are going to be writing the subsequent issues I've read of this series uh, and. It's, so it's kind of like a collaborative thing. And sometimes that doesn't always work because kind of too many cooks in the kitchen. Like even though Donny Cates, I think, is the guy who's mainly plotting this out, depending on who's going to come on the book, it could vary in quality. Uh, yeah, but this first you might end up with a Paul Galassi. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, the second issue, like I'm not talking about, came out this week and, and it's a different team. So, for instance. So anyways, mm-hmm. it, um, this first issue, though, it starts off with a, a Matt Murdock in... Uh, a very Matt Murdocky kind of position where he's in. Is he in a graveyard? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not even lying. He's in the graveyard and he's, he's and it's raining. <laughs> right. My first guess would have been church in the rain. Right. Uh, and he is grasping. You might. You don't know the graveyard might be behind a church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could, yeah. It could. It could be like a. It could be like a plot in the in a fucking in like a church cemetery. And he's clinging in despair to uh, Karen Page's uh, 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 tombstone. And he's basically all in her monologuing like he doesn't understand why he's there. Who's Karen Page? What am I doing here? Why does it hurt so much? Like my feelings toward her, this and that. All of a sudden, a a cop comes up to him, shines a light in his face. uh, And he's like, hey, you know, what are you doing here? Uh, Listen, I need to speak to you about something. And he looks at his... his, his, um, his shirt it says detective castle on it so basically essentially this whole first issue setup is he has been propositioned by a bruce banner of course we know is the hulk to basically round up a list of characters who are i guess were all recognizable characters from the marvel knights era you got your spider-man daredevil a lot of the street level characters electra Hulk, I guess, had a Marvel Knights title at that time, Punisher, Daredevil. Anyways, and he's basically rounding all these people up who have somehow forgotten who they are. We don't know why. We don't know for whatever reason why their memories are suppressed or why they just, like, like they don't know, like, have any connection to their past lives anymore. I'm going guess time than, travel. I mean, I don't know. At this point, we like, it doesn't even hint at that. At this point, majority of the issue is him basically coming to terms with the fact that he's Daredevil after he fucking picks him up off the ground and they have a scuffle and he rips open his shirt and he's wearing the fucking Daredevil costume <laughs> underneath the shirt. So, and then he has like a weird flashback and then you see like all these different... Like, you see the Marvel Knights Casada Daredevil, and you see, like, I don't know what Daredevil, like, the Ben List Daredevil. And, like, you see all these weird flashbacks of his past through comics and actual panels on this one page. <clears throat> and and then it all kind of hits him. It comes back to him. He knows who Karen Page is. He knows, like, who he is. He kind of... But meanwhile, he kind of beats the shit out of Frank and uh, leaves him there and runs off. And Frank goes back to the police cruiser. And he, he's got Bruce Banner in the back of the police cruiser behind the cage. And he's like, he, he's like, hey, how'd it go? <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just like all beat to shit. So, he's like, yeah. how'd it go? Yeah, exactly. And then, hey, and then he's, he's like, yeah, well, he knows who he is now, but this isn't getting any easier. So, like, who's next? And, he, and then you see Bruce Banner look down at his list. Frank Castle is, is scratched out. Logan scratched out. Steve Rogers is scratched out. And then and the next name was Matt Murdock, Electra Nachios, Tony Stark, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. So then, basically, he's like, okay, yeah, who's next? And then, 
and then you know so basically they're going to be going through this series it looks like and trying to help people remember who they are and and then he ends up going back to the to the um uh like Nelson and Murdoch because he remembers now and going he runs in and surprises the shit out of Foggy and Foggy's like, listen, dude, I don't know who the fuck you are. Like, get out of my office because he basically, like, jumped through a window. Like, you know what I mean? Climbed the building, like, jumped through the window of Nelson and Murdoch. And then he looks on the door, and I'll give you, I'll give Birdie because he already guessed the start of this issue. Birdie, who do you think is the partner with him now working with him instead of Nelson and Murdoch? What is it? Uh, Electra? No, another lawyer in the Marvel Universe. Oh, She-Hulk? Nelson and Walters. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so she comes out and she kind of gra- like she's like, "Who's this fucking crazy person in her offices?" And Froggy's like, "I don't know." Like he kind of says he knows me, and he just kind of barged in here. And- so is she like She Hulk, full She Hulk, or? Well, that's well, that's the thing. So she grabs him to like restrain him because she's like, "I'm calling the police," and then you see a little bit of tinged green oh, in her green hand. eyes yeah in her hand well, so she, like she so and and then he's like that, holy that's shit still better str- than what that's still better than what fucking uh Aaron's doing with her so yeah yeah although i will say you were right that first arc was garbage but avengers gotten way better but not her part i agree with you that's the, the least favorite part of that book anyways um, and then she, she grabs him and he's like, wow, you are strong. Like he's just, cause I guess Foggy mentioned like she's strong. Don't mess with her kind of thing earlier. And, uh, and then, um, cause, cause you know, they, they don't want to say she's the strongest one there is because that would right. be too on the nose. Yeah, did, 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 did you get it? <laughs> she's, she's, she's strong. She's, she's strong. Do, he takes do, his do, ID. Do you get, do, do you get it? <laughs> Throws it to Foggy. And then, uh, he's like, Jen, he's. He's like, no one. It's just blank. Nothing's written on here at all. And meanwhile, if he looks at the card, Matt Murdock, he he sees like his old, like you know, Nelson and Murdock. Oh, okay, card. I know so who it, did it. It was Maxwell Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so he leaves this the office. This is starting office. to sound as confusing as the way Dead Man was describing that the Wildstorm series, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but no, so this he, seems to have this seems like to have a bit more of a through line. Well, here's the thing. I, I I may not be explaining it the best. I know it, it. There is a good mystery involved, and I did like the dialogue in this first issue, and it's definitely got me interested to see what happens next. But in the same in that same sense, like I, I may not do it justice explaining, like kind of because it's all just one weird occurrence to the next, and you don't really know how everything's connected at this point. Whether or not it's going to stick the landing with the reveal, you know what I mean? It could be like a real bullshit, like. Oh, everyone got mind wiped. You know what I mean? Like that could yeah. be like very easily what this is. And N- knowing knowing be- Marvel, I am knowing Marvel. I feel I, f- I would feel relatively confident laying down some money on it, either being time travel or clones, or like Miss Mephisto or something. Like no, no time travel or clones. <laughs> right? Yeah, time travel is always yeah. A th- big- those those are their two go tos for hey, something mm. weird is happening. We don't fully understand it. Hmm. Anyways, he, he ends up dipping out the office, and then he runs into the Fantastic Four, and he sees them as it's the Fantastic Four, but then I guess whoever Ben Grimm is, the, he sees him as the thing, and he's like, oh my god, he like freaks out and runs away after seeing that, because <laughs> this one, he's like, you know, huh. he, he's, he's, he thinks Weirdo. he's losing it, yeah, he thinks he's losing it, and then Ben Grimm was like, oh, what was that guy's problem, and he looks in the reflection of himself in the building that he's beside, and he looks like... Ben Grimm, not the thing. Yeah. So, 
So that's what I, th- I don't know, like, if this is, like, him envisioning things to come or if just everybody has somehow not, like, has just lost their identity for I some reason. I can't remember. I think... I don't know if that's a ref. I think... I didn't read all of the uh, Marvel Knights Fantastic Four thing. I'm kind of mm. curious now because it was written by Morrison. Oh, the one, two, three, four one. Yeah. You mean? Yeah, uh-huh. I liked that but, one, but I never read it, so I don't know what's going. Mm. If this is a reference to it or not? Uh, I don't think so because I did end up reading that, but yeah, that that I don't think so. I mean, the, the others. No, Miller wasn't Marvel Knights. That was just Marvel, right? And he did Ultimate. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Anyways, at the end, you you find out that Kingpin has no idea who Matt Murdock is either, but he somehow hired Bullseye, who is basically working for Kingpin, even though he doesn't know he's Bullseye. <laughs> so it's very. That's what I mean. You it's know, kind I of fall- I gotta I, I gotta work for someone. Yeah, yeah I got and then bills at- to pay, and I can only I can only throw things really well for so long as a hobby. And the person that's put this all into motion, the only reason that these two are together, that apparently at the root of all of everything does know what's going on, the big page reveal at the end, one page, uh, full page reveal is uh, that is Doom. So, I mean, I thought they go for, I thought for a better joke. Of Dr. Doom. <laughs> like yeah. Mr. Sinister was behind it all or some bullshit. Right, right. Uh, he is there, he is there beside him as he walks into the room to see Kingpin and like Kingpin's like groveling at his feet. Uh, he's with Crossbones and Taskmaster for some great yeah. reason. It was I, the racist Asian egg. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a Marvel character. Oh, I don't know. Just, just a big fucking, the big fucking... Fu Manchu, Mickey Rooney style egg. Who the hell's that? I am looking that up now to see, make sure I'm not just fucking losing my goddamn oh. mind. Okay. Anyways, as a first he issue, like is. I said, it, it was. I think they did a good thing, and it, it has got me. It, it has piqued my interest to see what happens next. So I might check out the next issue. Uh, but I think as of this recording, there's two issues out of this. I think it's bi-weekly, and it's a six-issue mini. So if you are a fan of these characters, I can't say I'd fully recommend checking it out only because, like, this is not these characters. It's completely something different. Like, it is in in the sense that this it's is a, Daredevil. It's, it's a it's a, it's a, a celebration of, of a specific take on these yes. characters, which yes. they arguably have not been for a while. Right. So unless you were a that, fan that of that could, era. That could, yeah, that could alienate people. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think this is... And, and and you also, with this first issue, don't know what's going on. So if that's a big issue, like for like for me sometimes, depending on how well the story's told, I'll follow along. Otherwise, they'll just lose me if they don't give me a little something. Like, you know, so at this point, I don't really know everything. Um, and, and again, it's going to be revolving teams. So the quality could change as each issue goes yeah. on. So, so yeah, so as, as the first issue was decent. So, yeah, looked it up. Um, so yeah. it is. So it is not Marvel. It is DC. Uh, it is okay. Egg Foo. What the fuck? A former Wonder Woman villain. I've never heard of this. <laughs> well, be, well, I mean, she, she, if it's a Wonder Woman villain, how many of those have you heard right. of, Nico? That's true. <laughs> Cheetah. That's about it. <laughs> uh, Cheetah. <laughs> yes. So let me just. Uh, Cheetah and Cersei. That's that's about it usually. Yeah. Let me just see if I can fucking get you this image because, whoo boy. Are we talking, um, 
Yeah. Oh dear. Whoa! <laughs> that's a Wonder Woman villain. That's a Wonder Whoa. Woman villain. Wow, that's incredibly racist. <laughs> that, that's right up there with original pi- pictures of the Mandarin from Iron Man. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But that's, it's okay. That's... They updated him. Oh, okay. That's much better. <laughs> he also now know, he also now goes by Chang Tzu. Yeah, he just looks like a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> No, he he looks like he looks like a giant egg wanted to be dark side. <laughs> Did they think it was okay because it was a comical egg? Like, <laughs> no, they thought, it was, they thought it was okay because the past was racist. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh man, no, I've never heard of that before. Just just huh. like it's like I hey, need a Chinese villain. I want an eggs named Egg Foo. Yeah, fuck it. You know, yeah, I drew the, I drew this thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's like all right. So I, all right, so I drew this thing. All right, so yeah, maybe reduce the buck teeth a bit, but other than that, it's perfect. Yeah, and given the um, is the it not a beaver, man? Come on. And given the time when that that first picture was probably made, they're like, who would we voice get to voice him in a real life movie? I know Christopher Lee, yeah. like those Fu Manchu movies. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, actually, apparently they they do have a. I I saw a thing in his description. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, so he was a Chinese communist agent, perpetually shaped like an egg in the size of a house, with a Charlie Chan-like speech pattern. So an Asian who talks like a bad American stereotype of an Asian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he uses Thanks, his mustache DC. as a whip. <laughs> Well, he's got no arms, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why give him a robot body? Let's, let's have his fucking weird yeah. racist mustache do fucking kung fu moves. Oh, hey, you ever heard of a manga called Bobo 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 Bobo? His fucking nose hairs. Oh, I was about to say, like, are you asking me that question? Because I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this weird gag manga about a dude who just Nico has Nico nose hairs that he can fucking Ultraman do kung fu with. Was. It's true, I barely knew who the Ultraman was. <sighs> so there's that deep uh, cut. Wow. Alrighty. <laughs> We've come a long way. Yeah. I don't know how that came up from you talking about Marvel Knights 20, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I was just thinking of who would be the dumbest guy to be behind it all. You know, that would be quite shocking if this guy showed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the big reveal dead, is dead the uh, racist egg character from a different company. I mean, Dead Man. If we think about the most successful current uh, DC movie franchises, Wonder Woman has to think about who's going to be the villain in the third movie because they're doing Cheetah in this one. Yeah. So. And then after that, it's men. <laughs> the, yeah, the, Just all men. The, all men. <laughs> well, yeah, you've read you've read all you've read Amazon's Attack, haven't you, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be one room out there with a bow and arrow taking down fighter planes. Yeah, sticking out on the people of Hollywood. Yeah. Oh Christ! You know what? You <laughs> know what? Too. Wonder Woman versus all men would mean Dead Man. That means we'd be getting an adaptation of Flashpoint. Oh God! Ugh. Notice about like a ninety-minute movie is Wonder Woman walking from one side of the screen to the other, just punching men, <laughs> just for ninety minutes. Yeah, it somehow cost two hundred million dollars. I mean, we, I mean, we had to pay health insurance. Gal Gadot really and fucked bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to say, hey, we're going to stun double. We'll just put your face in. No, she's committed. 
I mean, like, props to her as an actress, but, like, come on, dude. It's called acting. <sighs> anyway, speaking of women, let's move on to Maneaters. Yes. So, Maneaters, it's a new book from Image. Um, Well, not new. Uh, new-ish. Came out in October. I'm behind, okay? <laughs> That's okay. We, we already established earlier, Dead Man's not good at his job. Yeah. So it's uh, written by Chelsea Kane, um, drawn by Kate Niemczyk. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your name. Steve. Yeah, Kate Steve. <laughs> and it is a book that buries the lead a bit. Okay, so when you say buries the lead, do you mean like its first impressions are not very indicative of what's good about it? No, what I mean is... They don't really give mm. the ghost away until like two to like three quarters of the way through the book. So, so yeah, so it starts out. We we meet our main character. She she is this like young thirteen year old girl, uh, has cats. Her dad's a cop, but he dresses like a fucking. I don't know. How, we when we first meet him, he walks into a room wearing a bicycle helmet, a t shirt that says "Best Dad," bike shorts, and has a big old like, and his big old mustache and beard. Turns out okay. he's a cop, and he wears that outfit to crime scenes. Okay. And, yeah, it's, it's about him, like, investigating a homicide, and we find out that it is because of a big cat attack. Apparently, large cats are such a problem that, that the government set up their own specialized units, like, specialized government units, to deal with big cats. Okay. We we go through we go through it all uh, more like learning, learning more about this girl and her some of the past that she has with her dad like uh, how her mom her mom was her mom like left and it kind of got uh, and it kind of like put her dad in in some bad situations like bad places we see him like we see him like drunk and stuff we we see we see more of this like we learn that big cat big cat attacks are such a problem that the government will straight up just come to schools and say all right so here's what happens when a cat kills you. And mm-hmm. people start putting up fucking things, and then we and then we keep going along, and then we see like a fucking lady getting a, like people getting fucking like text messages on their phone, and then pulling guns on their kids. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> and then and then it turns out that all this is because in this world, a bacteria in cat poop mutated, and now young girls going through puberty have a chance of becoming giant cats. Uh. Okay, uh, this is probably some criticism on something else. There are multiple uh, posters in this book for Bitch Planet. Right. Well, that's... So it's along so those lines. So don't take lines. this the wrong way. That's why I was going to ask you, because I I had heard the tagline of this book. I was going to ask you if, it, if the messages in it that are coming across are too preachy to the point where it's ruining a good story. Not it sounds preachy, like- just very much on the nose. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like, like there, there's a straight-up panel in here where there's a dude on TV saying, menstruation must end, thank you, and God bless America. <clears throat> right. Because... Yeah, very yeah, in your face. Yeah, Just because, like, yeah, because how, they, way, yeah. how they decide to fucking battle this problem of werecats is mm. you fucking get a whore... You fucking people, like, young girls are taking hormones for fucking whatever that stop them from going through puberty. Mm-hmm. 
So they never get their periods. And because of that, they don't turn into cats anymore. Right. But so this I'm, is the movie Cat People? A um, little bit. <laughs> Where, like, the whole premise of which I think, I don't know about the original one, but the 80s one was like, I could fuck you, but I'd turn into a panther and eat you. A little bit. Kind of. Um, in, in this, though, it is if a young girl gets her period, there's a chance she'll turn into a cat and kill her entire family. Okay. Like, there, there's there's a panel I missed earlier uh, where a fucking, there's just a bunch of people standing around a fire just burning tampons and maxi pads. Yeah. Well, all right, I then. mean, <laughs> yeah, this, and they're me hold, personally, and they're, this And they're holding up sound... fucking banners and signs that say, no more blood and end the cycle. Right. Well, that's subtle. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't sound like it's for oh, and I me. Just, but... Big fucking sign, who bleeds for seven days and doesn't die? Okay, come on. <laughs> like I said, it's a bit much. Yeah, and you know, if you're into this kind of thing, that's cool. It just doesn't sound like it's for me, personally. Um, but uh, there is an audience for this, though. Right? Like, there is. Especially today, there there is an audience for these type of books. Yeah, yeah, but, there are, but it's not me. No, no, I, I mean, yeah, me neither. That's, I just, I'm just saying that there is this, yeah, this, uh, that's the nice way of putting it these days. It's like, uh, it's just not for me, you know? <laughs> I mean, but that's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's nicer than going, holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it just sounds like some of these things are hitting us over the head in this story. It's actually taking away from the story. Like when I mean, you first, it, when you first like start, you, when you first started talking about it, it sounded interesting. But yeah, that, that's the thing. That's, that's, that's what it was like reading it too. I was like reading right. it, and then it was like, all right, so yeah, it's in a world where like fucking cats are have a chance to go like fucking feral and mutate or whatever, and then and then they get along, and then I get to a fucking Time magazine cover, right? That's in one of the panels that says, "Are girls turning into killer cats?" And I'm like, wait, what? And then I actually read it, and again, if if young girls going through puberty come in contact with cat poop, they will kill their families. So they take so they take a hormone to stop them going through puberty. Mm, right. Yeah. And I have no idea what that means in a larger context. I'm sure there's a deeper meaning to everything going on here. <laughs> oh no, I'm like, not even talking right? about metaphorically. I'm talking about like uh, okay. biologically. Like what right, the fuck? Right, right, right. What the fuck right. does a person who doesn't go through <laughs> puberty look like? Are they just like 47 but look like they're 12? Like what is that? Right. Another thing that is really disconcerting to me especially. Mm-hmm. Main character of this is wearing one of Molly's hats from The Runaways. It's the oh, pink toque no. with the cat ears. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And I'm just like, oh, oh man, no, come on. So By now, the way, now you're imagining Molly is like a 45-year-old woman who just looks and acts <laughs> like she's 12. <laughs> well, isn't that, isn't that the case in the show? Or <laughs> they have uh, now, or? No, she's 16, but apparently acts like she's 12. Because if you're 16 right. with a bunch of 18-year-olds, that means that you're fucking whatever. And they're mm, that fucking show. Sorry. People really like it, Dead Band. Sorry. Those people are on paint thinner. Oh, that's why when you mentioned Runaways, I just want to mention I read the second volume, the second trade paperback of that comic. It's such a delight. It's still. so fucking good, dude. <laughs> it is honestly 
way too good that it has any right to be. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I it even tied in Avengers AI and Doom showed up. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, fucking Doombot like, showed up. And he was just like, like, hanging I, out with fucking Victor's head. Honestly, if I don't know who this, like I said, this Rainbow Rowell, like, when as soon as they announced, like, a young adult writer, I'm like, uh, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, does she know, does she know comics? I, I was 100% again. the same with you, dude. But then right. read that first issue, and I'm like, oh, wait, she knows shit, comics. this is fucking Runaways. She, yeah, yeah, she knows the, she knows knows, the characters. Yeah. She knows yeah, the history. Dead, no, dead Man went in, but uh, butt cheeks clinched. Red went, she's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just, just go in fucking toyed as hell, and then come out just as relaxed as can be. <laughs> Shit just sluice anatomy. <laughs> yeah, that's a delight. Not, this, not so much. Does not sound as good. Uh yeah. I don't know, man. I Yeah. You give it a shot. Yeah. Like not everything image does is great. Yeah. Well, the, well, here's uh, the thing, uh, though. I mean, me. there's I, audiences. I get to more. There's audiences, right? There's different audiences. Like, I'm sure he, somebody loves this book. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, there's probably yeah, one person you know. who was like, yo, man, this is fucking the next bitch planet. Well, that's what I mean. Like, as soon as you said it's kind yeah, of like a bitch planet, uh, I was like, I tried that. Yeah, it's, book it's too. bitch planet with less it. subtlety. Right. I like bitch planet, but. <laughs> I'm I not like sure Kelly anyone Sue. outside. Yeah, I don't love I don't like her writing, really, to be honest with you. I like her as a person. But you I don't, don't know like if Captain I, Marvel. I, I I said that on this show before. I know you guys okay, enjoy it. That. I, okay. Yeah, I, I don't love it. I read it. I just couldn't get into it. I don't think it was bad. Just, okay. I mean, I've heard yeah. other people share your opinions, so it's, you're yeah. not alone on that. It's just I. I mean, I get some of the problem. Like, um, she's writing maybe, Aquaman now. This, this maybe yeah. this maybe should be something to talk about on a much longer episode where I'm like sure. reviewing one of the series. But the as part of trying to push her as one of the main characters in Marvel to kind of act as like a counter to DC's Wonder Woman, uh, they've kind of robbed her of a lot of personality. Like they mm. keep trying to make her perfect and they keep thinking perfect is a personality. It is not. Right. And also is kind of impossible given Civil War 2. Right. Yeah. Where she looked, she was horrendous in that. Horrendous. Yeah, yeah. They had to fridge two people to motivate that fucking character. Yeah, that was a dark time for any Captain Marvel fan, for sure. <laughs> yeah, just, honestly, the the darker time was after Civil War Two because um, when she was well, wasn't well, that when say, she was say, with Alpha okay, Flight? I like the Alpha. No, Flight but stuff. like, say, okay, say what you want about the first Civil War. At least the entire universe was aware that Iron Man was the bad guy. Yeah. It, right. Post Civil War Two, the. Marvel just tried to sweep her actions under the rug, largely. Yeah, and just, the only just... person to address it was someone who I increasingly don't want doing big Marvel stuff and just wants to do small shit, Nick Spencer, because he addressed it in um, fucking Secret Empire, and that was a mistake. <laughs> uh, fucking, uh, well, no, it, I believe this was after Civil War II, but uh, Dennis Hopeless addressed it in Spider-Woman. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah. not, like they don't address her That's actions. True. They mostly just do address the relationship between Carol her and, and Jessica. Uh, and her, Jessica. Her and, that's right. Yeah, they don't. Ad- Ye- they don't have anyone <laughs> call her out and say, "You bitch, you're fucked." <laughs> yeah, it was kind of more like, "Hey, you're my best friend, and yeah. we don't really hang out anymore." Type yeah, the closest anyone's come yeah. to doing that is when uh, Miss Marvel and Champions, uh, when Captain Marvel said, "Look, you." Uh, 
we're trying to do the right thing. It's like you also said you were trying to do the right thing when you were locking people up for crimes they hadn't committed yet. Is that is that any different from this? And the the villain who she was protecting is like, that must have been a rich moral quandary for you, Captain Marvel. <laughs> Ugh. I like Man. Champions. Champions miss, is good. Champions is really I miss good. Spider Woman. Yeah, I fucking God damn it, I miss Spider Woman too. Yeah, I was uh, actually, I was going to ask this. Um, Writer-wise, who left at Marvel do you care about? Like, you can care about certain series, but, like, what writers do who you care about? Who is left at Marvel? Like, um, uh, out of the old school writers? Like, or? Like, no, just like, not even, like, older new in school. General. But, like, like, in general, do you th- who do you think is left that's worth caring about? Uh, I still care about G. Willow Wilson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I still care about Jason Aaron. Yeah, I, although his Avengers run is cre- is increasingly making me hate him, but I'm trying to look back on I, the good stuff. <laughs> it, I like the last couple of new issues. The first arc was not good. I'll admit that, but I, I like the, uh, the rest of it. Uh, Anyways, not as a writer, but uh, Humberto Ramos. Yeah, yeah, I mean, artists, I, I, I like artists too, but like it's always the writers that have to drive the creative I, direction. Yes, I will always check out a hopeless book, but he doesn't do much. And no. I don't always love everything. Uh, I guess. See, that's the thing. There's a lot of writers like that. And I'm not not at, that that I'm like that with right now. At Marvel. Charles Soule. I'm like that with. I'm just like yeah. Um, Nick Spencer. I like. I always check out Nick Spencer's stuff. I don't always dig everything he does. Yeah. Hi. Uh, everything he did with the yeah. Avengers. <laughs> right now, Donny Cates is on a hell of a role. I'm like yeah, but Marvel's screwing him because. Uh, uh, that whole series that no was that Donny Cates no I think that was someone else who was trying to write a series that Marvel canceled before it came out I think that was someone else oh that was the person who did Mockingbird yeah I know yeah. what you're talking about she tried to do the Visions book and uh, yeah um, oh yeah fuck Matt, what was her name um wait I wasn't know, it Chelsea Kane that's it yep that's it um yeah so she left Marvel and did fucking Man Eaters. Again, Matt Rosenberg, some of his stuff, he's a newer guy. He's okay. He's okay. But yeah, you're, I guess you're right. There's not so many diehard people yeah. like before that. I mean, G. Willow Wilson, like, she's not even married to Marvel anymore. She was moving over to Wonder Woman. So. Mm. I mean, oh, Lemire, whenever he comes book. back, Lemire, whenever he does a book with Marvel, I read it. Um, and same with. Um, yeah, but I, I don't consider. L- Lemire is kind of. Everywhere. Like, He's everywhere. Yeah, Lemire, yeah, is, know, Lemire yeah, is like yeah, a Schrodinger's yeah, yeah. cat. Of yeah, comic yeah, book right. creators, like if you, <laughs> if you look for a Lemire book in some publisher's right. office, there will be one there somehow. Right. I mean, yeah. I can't even say the same about Wade anymore. I don't love everything he does. I used to. Yeah, Mark. Point. I mean, I'm. Uh, yeah, I can't I, say I love everything Mark Wade does. Like I, part of that is that Mark Wade, while he is a good writer, he's sometimes more married to the state of editorial at agencies mm-hmm. and i don't think at marvel editorial is in a good place right now yeah i i just think he's somebody like you said he's a good writer but if he's not really invested in something he definitely no. phones a lot of things in nope. so yeah so yeah i know you're right there's not many absolutely i i think for me like the try the try and true writer i always like that go to and i join most of the stuff he does at marvel's right now is uh jason aaron that's for me anyways and the Okay. And yeah, yeah, but there's not many else. And and Kate's, I really am high on Kate's right yeah. now. I really. I haven't like read his doing. Venom stuff because I don't care about Venom. But uh, how, about, how about you, Dead Man? Anybody? Uh, uh, not that I can think of. Like most of the people that I kind of associate with Marvel right now are either not at Marvel or kind of were never at Marvel in the first place and just kind of everywhere. 
right? Yeah, it's never going to be the same from that one time where they had Bendis, Hickman, Brubaker, Remender, Aaron. Like, that that was the, like, for me, that was the best era yeah, no, like, in, that I've been from, reading of Marvel. From about was, 2003 to, like, 2012, 2013, yeah. Marvel had all of the best writers, all yes. of the best creative direction. And, Man, yeah. they and then ruined everything. Everybody, everybody but Aaron from the era is gone. Like, does not work yeah. for Marvel now. Yeah, like, and has gone on to write uh, better creator own stuff. Or hell, just even like, the fucking editor in chief at the time is gone. I mean, fucking Bendis, Mister Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bendis. You know Bendis I mean? was like, their biggest. <laughs> right, Deadman. Wouldn't it be nice if the if um both of the executive uh, edit- editor- editors from that time were gone from both DC and Marvel. One left. Why can't the other leave? Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, yeah, like, just, it would, d- but like... Eh. If Casada left, it could open the possibility for another Marvel-DC crossover. That is the I'm only saying, reason yeah, I want, why... I'm not saying I, no, I'm but saying, that's why it has never happened yeah. again from that day. He has yeah. problems with Fair a lot enough. of DC editorial. Yeah, yeah but I'm just saying, I want, really there I want Dan DiDio gone. I just want Dan DiDio gone. Can, can't I wish for that? I mean, yeah, you can, but fucking hoping one hand shit in the other. Uh, See which one Dan Dio goes after first. Anyways, it's like, all right, so, all right, so I have, all right, so I have right here a stack of interesting scripts, and over here I just have some actual shit. And Dio just like, <laughs> and Dio just like face plants into the handful of shit. <laughs> no, I have like, a new idea for a crossover pro- event. Pro- <laughs> no, probably like. <laughs> He just, he just walks out with like some corn still dripping off of his fucking face. Simone, get in here and write this. Like he, like he sees um, the pile of shit as like all the all the women writers he couldn't hire during the New Fifty Two. It's like ah, oh, that's where they all are. Yeah. <laughs> the hey, just Simone, like, get in here and sit on this. The deal is just like fuming, sitting in his office, looking at a fucking picture of Nightwing's ass, and he's just like, oh man, I fucking hate this guy. That's it. I'm changing his name to Rick. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm gonna shoot him in the head. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could only be. It could have only been like more infuriating if they had a fucking if they had Goat Boy shoot him in the head instead of KG Beast. Yeah, just, just, just get the guy who failed to kill Damien out there again. They changed his fucking name to Rick with a C. <laughs> yeah, I, There's I, not I, even I, a K. I guess, I guess the deal was like, huh? You know. People have been making dick jokes about Batman and Robin for over oh. 60 years now. Maybe we should stop on. that. He's yeah. had a hard-on for him for a lot. He hates yeah. fucking Nightwing. Now is the time He's to change re- it. He, he, hey, he current writer, bring me some bullets. You're incorporating these into your fucking story now. Yeah. Honestly, I actually, would be, I actually would be less pissed if it actually was Goat Boy. <laughs> like, Goat Boy is... An interesting character within the confines of the world of Batman. Are you talking about the guy that was in Harley Quinn? No, I'm talking about the mother. No, I'm talking about the motherfucker who was in Batman Inc. Who who uh, who fucking tried to oh, shoot Damien. Oh, okay. Yeah, the guy who was literally just a guy with a sniper rifle and a dollar store goat mask. No, there was a goat. There was a goat dude in the Harley Quinn Jimmy Palmy audio run. No, yeah, I know that. This is different. Yeah. This was this was a oh, sniper okay. named Goat Boy. That, oh, that, okay, was a, yeah, no, that was a secret in anything. Yeah. Like, like, he was just a regular old assassin, but then he realized that he couldn't get hired because you have to hire somebody with a fucking gimmick. So he went to fucking Party City, got a goat mask, and said, hey, I'm Goat Boy. Yeah. No, I recall now. I, I'm just Googling it because I it's, I haven't read that in a long time. In fu- yes. within, yeah. within the context of a superhero world, that guy is really interesting. Mm-hmm. 
just a fucking workaday there's the fucking like workaday killer like fucking blue collar punch in punch out murder man who has to go adopt the dumbest fucking concept for a fucking character ever for the sole purpose of I need to get paid and nobody's hiring me anymore because I'm just a guy with a gun. Is is Batman developing his own superior foes of Spider-Man? If fucking only, dude. I would love that. (laughs) Fucking goat boy, clue master. Yeah. Well, I mean, King has done it in his run to a certain degree with what's his name? Kite Man. But he kind of tried to legitimize Kite Man. <laughs> like, it's not even like he, he was like, hey, look at this. You yeah, know, he wrote Kite Man as a legitimate character, <laughs> yeah. like, trying to give him yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, the only version I've seen of Kite Man that was even vaguely legitimate is when, in Brave and the Bull, he was, like, uh, Plastic Man's ultimate nemesis. But it's Plastic Man, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of where Kite Man fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, so it's fucking Clue Master, Goat Boy, Crazy Quilt, the Condiment King. Yeah, get all of them all those, in a room, all those just hanging things. out, trying yeah. to build a superhero plot, and then all of them get killed by the Court of Owls because fuck me. Anyway, Birdie. Yes, <laughs> your first <Okay>. book. <laughs> that was good because fuck me, oh. Birdie. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, strangely, Dead Man, my first choice uh, t- ties into something you and I were talking about a couple of days ago, where we were talking about our favorite uh, comfort food flavors of comic books. Oh. Because uh, Spy Boy is a Dark Horse series from the late 90s, early 2000s from Peter David. Okay. And it's another one of those books, and this is the way I described a lot of Peter David's books, Nico. He writes normal comics... He just starts them with the most batshit, stupid, crazy premises mm. that you're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, right. for example, uh, his She-Hulk run started with the premise, what if She-Hulk, in the midst of Secret Invasion, went on a road trip with a scrawl? Oh, he... Did he do... Is, is Peter David? Did yeah, she Peter... Hulk? Yeah, he did oh, She-Hulk okay. after Dan Slott. And after oh. Dan Slott... Yeah, he, he did a run where... She all just went on a road trip with uh a sh- with oh, a scrawl. Okay, not this isn't the Red She Hulk one. No, no, no. This is Jen. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, because I remember there was um, around the same time that Jeff Parker did the Red. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Go on. Yeah, yeah. And then there was uh <laughs> Peter David's Supergirl book, which was uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck is happening? <laughs> right. I'm some fucking alien. Why are there cat things. demons? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. So this book um, is like it's like n- late '90s, early 2000s era James Bond, like down to the references because the main kid's last name is Fleming. Oh yeah, yeah. Ian Fleming, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, naturally. Yeah, but it goes with a, a a slightly stupid premise in that hey, um, what if uh, the titular spy boy was a sleeper agent split personality that a high school kid wasn't aware of? Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, just like after a really shitty day at school, this kid whose name is Alex Fleming uh, is walking home when he sees this guy working on a, uh, a streetlight. And the guy calls out to him and flashes a series of green and red flashing lights, which is used as a trigger for the Spy Boy persona to activate. Wait, is he actually called he, Spy Boy? Yeah, it's it, that's the name of the of the program that created him. 
Wow, they really dropped the ball that day. <laughs> Was the intern in charge of naming a program that day? Possibly. It, it, it helps that this... Like, this thing is... Uh, this is one of those comics, and I'm sure you've come across these two, Dead Man, where it straddles the line tonally between, like, a farce and taking itself seriously enough for it to be invested. Okay, kind of like a Galaxy Quest. Kind of, yeah, because the main character... Because uh, the... The central character dynamic premise of this is that while Spyboy is competent, he's also an ass. Like all of the all of the spies who you who need Spyboy to help them do spy stuff, note no, note that he has the skills, but also note that he is a complete sociopath with no ability to interact with any human being in any potentially effective manner. So you call him out to kill shit and infiltrate shit. But after that, you kind of want to get rid of him because you don't want to listen to him talk. <laughs> like the the undercover agent who's assigned to like monitor him when he's not on duty. Uh, she finds uh, the Alex Fleming persona to be incompetent because you know he's just a normal kid and not a super spy. Naturally, but she also doesn't like spending much time with Spy Boy because he's basically what if you took the Daniel Craig Bond. Uh, made him act like Triple X, but had no personality. <laughs> That's a fucking feat. <laughs> yeah, fuck like, that. That that actually is an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, so this like this is why the Spy Boy character is a superhero, but he's the exact kind of superhero that can get the job done that no one wants to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And, like, beyond that, it's like, okay, parts of it work better than others, obviously, because since this is a late 90s, early 2000s spy story, I mean, Dead Man, you've seen Totally Spies, you know the kind of shit that's probably going to show up in this. Yeah. They, <laughs> they go to Japan, and there's a giant robot fight. Of course they go to Japan. <laughs> fucking impossible, did it? Why don't we? Yeah. Um, they go to Saudi Arabia, where they're dealing with white slavery, Led by a whale equivalent of uh, what's that character from uh, Suicide Squad, King Shark? Yeah, King Shark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but instead, it's uh, a whale. Yeah. Is it at least a killer whale, or is it just like a humpback? Uh, I think it's. I think it's. It's not. It's designed to look like a killer whale, but it's the wrong coloring, so I don't know. <laughs> Great. So it's a matter of either, hey, I eat seals, or I eat small fish. <laughs> Watch out, here comes King Whale. Yeah. So like I said, there's the stupid stuff that always shows up in these kinds of stories that you can... is dumb, but at this point is so long ago that you kind of laugh at it. Yeah. And then there's like the, the little tidbits of good storytelling... And like fun comedic ideas that like I mentioned, Dead Man. Like when Spy Boy is out of is out of the country doing jobs for the agency, um, an adult male is given a disguise kit and told to live out the boring parts of Alex's life at high school, and it's <laughs> and it's just like a short like late thirties guy who's acting as a teenage male, and he's like, oh, and he. He's so bad at it that um, when Alex gets back from the mission, um, he somehow finds out he's running for 
class student class president. <laughs> so does the Alex persona have like a notion of what's happening? Okay, um at the beginning of the story, when he turns into spy boy, it's more it's a complete split personality thing where he has no idea what's happening to him. He wakes up in clothes and in and in places and stuff around him that he doesn't recognize. Eventually, after he gets a couple of concussions, he starts being able to kind of at least communicate subconsciously with the spy boy persona, but they're two separate personalities. Okay. And that that kind of leads to some of the best... Okay, and this is another weird comedic element that Peter David included. Um, He has chibi versions of everything. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, so when uh, Alex is out and Spy Boy is in his head, Spy Boy's persona is perceived as, like, a chibi douchebag. Naturally. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, then there's... I'm trying to think of what else is there. How Uh, old is this comic? uh, It started started in 99. um, Okay. And this is a sad thing about it. You ever... This is one of those situations where you discover that you really like a comic that you know you're never going to get more of, even though it didn't effectively end. You know those, right, right Dead Man? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, 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 I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little familiar. Yeah. So, for reference, this series has been on hiatus since 2004. Hmm. So, I, I, I don't think I'm getting any more of it. No. Yeah, I think this is a safe bet. Yeah, which um, is apparently we're still getting Aspar the conclusion. <laughs> sure, sure we are, Nico. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they both still work for DC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. Yeah. So, so, so um, apparently, uh, well, actually, apparently, um, they they just straight up are done. The Spy Boy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, ap- yeah. Apparently, Dark Horse came up with the idea for fucking Spy Boy, and then yeah. hired Peter David to actually make it a thing. Yeah, and at some point, Dark Horse just said, "Eh, yeah. never mind." <laughs> essentially, that was essentially what it was. Like, yeah, Peter David was like, "Man, I have all these ideas. It's gonna be fucking great." And then Marvel's like, and then D- and sorry, Dark Horse is just like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't blame them entirely because it is such an of the moment thing. Sure. But yeah. at the same time, uh, Peter David's such a good writer, and this is I, I always find this a good sign when I do research. They hired him to create the Bible for the series. Yeah. And, uh, Nico, do you understand that, that creative concept, the Bible? Yep. Yeah. So, so, and because of that, everything feels like, at least for the first four or five volumes, like it was going along at a pretty good clip. It was developing a story. There were plot lines that could be played out. Like, um... One of the main characters, former bullies, becomes a friend of his, and at first we see his mom is like this rich uh, jet setter who's never around, and at some point in the middle of a, of a, a long spy story, she suddenly becomes really competent and able to work with the spies, and uh, Alex's father, who is an act, who was also a spy, is kind of surprised. Oh, you seem to be really good at this all of a sudden. It's like She's like, eh, I'm adaptable. What we discover is that... Uh, the bully's mom had died when she was uh, crushed by a tractor in a bombing and was just replaced by a supervillain who 
wanted to who uh, in the process discovered that this kid really needed a good mother so she just let the uh the one of those super spy disguises that like has like plastic and like makeup stuff and like bone structure altering alteration yeah mm. that is permanent if you let it stay on long enough she just let it become permanent she just became his mother because he felt this guy needed a mom huh Well, already like, like that's better storytelling than I'm expecting from something that has right. giant robot Iron Chef versus Mecha Godzilla. Mm. Sounds like crossover. <laughs> yeah, no, Peter. Yeah. So- well, Peter David's solid. Well, there was a there was a crossover with no, I, DC. I, no, I know there was. I mean, uh, there's an image book where a yeah. Midwestern housewife switches bodies with a Italian mob assassin, and then by the end of it, they both just decide to stain each other's bodies. Yeah. Okay. So this is fucking wise guy is just teaching this fucking ginger kid how to be a good person. Okay. Me- meanwhile, this housewife just fucking banging bitches. <laughs> yeah. Crossover's a okay. weird book. Yeah. And okay, crossover. so because this is like a, a late 90s, early 2000s spy action series, you kind of have to rely on the art to be good. And for the most part, it is. Most of it's done by a guy named... I don't know how to say his name. If it's I don't know if it's Pop Man or Pop Mahan. Cause Pop it's, Mahan? It, Mahan, maybe? Because <laughs> it's it's M-H-A-N. So I have no idea if it's Pop Mahan or Mon? Pop Mahan. Yeah. Oh, and sorry. It's Crosswind and not Crossover. My apologies. Okay. Fair it's enough. a Gail Simone but, book. Uh, but it's a good, it's a good series. Uh, the art's good. The only part where it gets weird is that there's a part in the middle... Where it's drawn by, um, let me look at how to say this guy's name. Um, come on. A lot of really easily pronounceable names in this episode. It, sorry, it's just. <laughs> no, no, I believe me, I know. Okay. Carlos Meglia, I think is how you uh, say Maglia. it. Maglia. Maglia. Yeah. It was an Argentinian artist who I looked up to see if I recognized from anything. Uh, he created Cyber Six. If, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which was the only thing I'm familiar with him, but the mm. result of maybe it's the the David's writing combined with his art. The result, Dead Man, is that um, his portions of the book like look like a cover of the Gorillas. Okay. Ooh. Which is kind of weird for a spy story. But <laughs> <laughs> mm. I just have feel good ink in my head the whole time. <laughs> 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 that's not a bad thing no it's not it's just, it's just odd right right it'd be like if if i knew who if i knew any of their songs if i was listening to Re- if i had red man rap songs as i was reading the japanese book it's just like uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be that'd be something yeah Oh, but man. I mean, I just fell down a weird rabbit hole <laughs> just now. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of got me sad. So I was just, I was just like fucking, we're just talking about this, talking about all this stuff. And then I fucking remembered the book superbia, which was about like, which, yeah. which was about the fucking thing. And then, then it led me to fucking grace Randolph's Wikipedia page, which led me to find out that she had launched a YouTube channel after being fucking, like after some shit happened, and so then I went and found a YouTube channel, and now she just now she's doing like trailer reaction videos. 
Okay. Which that's that's just you know which artist started on that series? Russell Dowderman of <laughs> Thor fan, fame. Of Thor theme. Theme. <laughs> yeah. The yes, Thor yes, theme. Yes, 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 we got his theme. He got his theme ready for four. <laughs> there was too many T's there, so I had to roll with it. <laughs> the Thor theme in the Brubaker brief. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I know this is again off topic, but and and also not on the right show. But I ended up reading some of that uh, spinoff. Uh, you guys were right; it's actually it's quite excellent. The My Hero Vigilantes. Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Quite 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 fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, if, want, if you want a manga recommendation, check out My Hero Academia. Yeah. <laughs> and the spinoff; they're both fucking good. Yeah, it's been off excellent. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I liked Spy Boy a lot. I'm annoyed that it left me on the biggest stupid fucking cliffhanger ever, and that it's never going to be resolved. Because literally, the last panel is uh, so. Of course, this is one of those stories where the kid's mom was a super spy and like an evil super spy who went into hiding and has supposedly been dead or missing for a long time since Naturally. the time he was born. And the literally the last page of the book is. Uh, one of his high school mates dis- discovered to be a sleeper agent working with his mother who is still alive and saying, come with me if you want to find your mother. And the dad saying, no, you can't go with them. They're the villains. And it just stops on the panel of him on this bridge with those people at either end. Yeah, it's disappointing that that's how it ended. Yep. Yeah. And you'd think, if this is me, which, you know, I know fucking long shot me writing a fucking comic, but if it were, and that book got canned. I would just have a, or just fucking tweet out a follow-up image that's just the bridge collapsing and him dying. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, yeah, boom, there you go. That's that's inclusion. Full, full, it's like, full come with me, Stephen no, come King with me. Oh, God. Full Stephen King ending. Yeah, totally. <laughs> bridge fall, everybody dies. <laughs> no, no, you want to go more Stephen King ending? Turns out that bridge is on train tracks. Just, <laughs> <laughs> like, stand by me. God. So, hey, so, want to yeah, see a dead body? Um, Here's that character you love. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of Spy Boy, obviously. Yeah. So I, I mean, there are a couple of volumes that are like one-offs and miniseries type stuff that don't connect to the real story. Although there's some fun dark shit that goes on with those side stories that are fun to read. But if you just want the main story as it's told. Collect the first five volumes. They're not that expensive. I think even at full price, they're only like six bucks a piece. That's not bad. Yeah. So I'm, I like well, it. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, it sucks that you know you didn't have a great like a. Uh, it didn't have an ending. Finite <laughs> ending, like you said, but at least uh, it sounded like you enjoyed the experience, right? You don't regret reading it. No, I don't regret reading right. it. Yeah. Like I mean, I read the first volume and collected the rest of the series, so right. I clearly enjoyed cool. reading it. Right. I just, did you did you know it was going to end like that though? Like, no, you know, no. Oh, that sucks. Then. <laughs> That's all, I, if I had, if I had known, I could right. have probably braced myself for the impact a little better. Right. But unfortunately, no. Right. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, some of the best series have got canceled, and that happens. It sucks. Yeah. Part of reading comics, unfortunately. Yeah. But high well. ending of the original Teen Titans show. <laughs> <laughs> and also the ending of the Runaways. <laughs> Because the runways ended almost the exact same as Teen Titans. Right. 
Just, oh, uh, hey, oh, hey, character that, oh, hey, character that we thought was dead. You're not dead? What? End of series. <laughs> Go full Tim Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially, that was it. And then the runaways, they got a follow up that then never addressed it in the fucking Dokken book. <laughs> Dokken. Yeah, there was an issue of Dokken where they just fucking walked in and Chase was just taking bandages off of his fully clothed body. And it's like, no, Chase, you just got out of the hospital when you get hit by that bus. <laughs> Which was how that fucking book ended. Yeah. Chase chasing after Gert, then getting hit by a bus. Yeah, because that, that was followed by the weird years where they would just try to, like, shoehorn them into some random series. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just hey, that you ain't doing nothing right here. Take some runaways. <laughs> remember the runaways, right? So, remember anyways. when you cared about us? Hey, you guys, want runaways went back? Well, guess the fuck what? You're going to watch them kill each other now. <laughs> Bitch. All right, I guess I'll uh I'll start off with the next book Your here. Second book. <laughs> yeah. Uh so this is The Green Lantern. Uh and so, so uh, does it save Dead Man's Man Crush on Grant Morrison? <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh so, so this not is even a weird Grant mixture. Morrison can make Green Lantern interesting. Well, this is the thing. This is a weird mixture of things because for one, it's like we talked about this last time, actually, you and me, it didn't matter when we recorded it, our confliction on the character in terms of, like, Hal Jordan. How Hal well. Jordan is the least interesting of the four right. possible yeah. green... The least right. interesting no, of the galaxy. And while this was, this is called the Green Lantern. He is supposed to be the main focus of the story. This was initially pitched as 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 far as I remember, Morrison saying that this was also though a book about the core itself, and it's just going to be fun space adventures, like space cops, like that's what they are, right? Space and cop. that's what they, yeah. And it's been a long time since they actually did that kind of stuff. So I was actually really looking forward. Uh, to that um and it i mean it's true to form in that sense how jordan doesn't show up till fucking halfway through this issue oh thank it's very God. strange <laughs> yeah at least half of it, it is interesting yeah it's so that's the thing they, it's one of those things wow, where we they, waited long to get we waited we waited just long enough to bring in the boringness <laughs> it, it's 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 weird because the way it starts up, it's one of those books where they just throw you right into it. Like, you're right into the fray of, like, an action scene with weird fucking alien core members where you've never... I, I don't think these are... I mean, again, I haven't read all of Green Lantern or that much of it, but I don't know the, these to be characters. Um, so I don't, like, I don't much care about that. Green Lanterns is weird enough that you can have weird aliens sure. show up. And the core has, what, yeah, 28... So or eight hundred known quadrants, it, right? But then I think in Rebirth times, a lot of them got killed off, and there's not as many, as far as I'm I know. But there's still there enough is, to be confusing. Sure, sure. So like, it opens up with uh, some weird, gangly, like kind of tall, orange faced alien, and then a, a spider alien with a fucking eye patch of sorts, like <laughs> and. and just I mean, the one? Why not? Yeah. And, <laughs> is is, and is then, it a big eye patch that covers multiple eyes or is it a single eye patch that covers one of their many eyes? You know, okay, so it's kind of like a sash, like eye patch. Like, it's like, okay, you know, ah. like, um, yeah, it's, it's, the it's draped over his, his face. Exactly, yeah. You know, um, Grifter. You know how Grifter has that piece of cloth that's over his face? It's kind of like that, but it's... It's it's across his face, like some of his eyes. It's really weird. So Ugh. it's a weird visual. This is the first page, anyways. And then <laughs> and then yeah, and then Can you get and past then the first from, page. 
Yeah, and then and then <laughs> you get to meet the Green Lantern that is literally just a floating finger, <laughs> and his name's like is it Floof. is it a middle finger? No, it's not the uh, is Frank Miller one. <laughs> his name is Floozle Flem, and he's able to fucking make people sick somehow. Yeah, this is a Grant Morrison book. With flu germs. So he makes this spider that they're fighting start spewing out green fucking shit from his nose. <laughs> yeah, this is Grant Morrison. Yeah. Hi, Grant. Glad um, you're here. And I, see, also, I see the drugs have I see the drugs have come to take their toll. And the in the art actually complements the weirdness of it in its style. Um, yeah, it's a uh, Leon artist, Sharp on art, right? That's right. Is which is one of the artists that drew one of the books that was in um, Birdie's uh, list from uh, earlier today. The uh, Brave and the Bolt artist. So he's the oh, one who's oh right yeah mm-hmm. yeah, and he drew some Wonder Woman with Rucka at the start of Rebirth. He's I like the artist. I like his stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, but it, not it's, not the greatest storyteller, but yeah, good artist. Mm. Uh, so yeah, uh, that that's your first kind of scene here for you. You meet Fluzel Flem, who <laughs> basically. Mucus is the I'm shit. Yeah, I give M- you phlegm. Who is a floating finger and who has the ring on his finger, obviously, and is one of the Green Lantern Corps. And is uh, they take out this spider dude by basically mucusing him to death. <laughs> totally not using his ring, just using his own naturally given abilities. Yeah, yeah as far as I can tell. Green Lantern Corps. Uh, about as useful uh, as a finger. And then, like... Another guy of the core shows up that's like basically a some sort of a crystallized robot of sorts. It's very strange. Okay. Um I've heard I've heard this rewards you by having a second reading. <laughs> I have not had a chance to do that yet. So, so, I'm, so I'm I assume that's here. just in the I, I, I assume that's just in like the typical Grant Morrison way where you have to read it once to get past the initial "wait, what right. the fuck" reaction. Right. Yes. And the second one is somewhat critical. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've I've I I listened to another podcast, uh, comics podcast, where I, I, a reviewer actually talked about this book, and he said it it's one of the, exactly like other Morrison properties where it rewards you with a second reread, which I haven't actually given as uh, to this book yet. Uh, you know, I my might it's hard for me because I read so much to give things a second read sometimes. You know what I mean? Like unless I'm no, yeah. visiting. Sure. I Something I really enjoy. So, um, anyways, from there though, you get introduced after this whole first half of the book of introducing you to all these weird core characters, um, and basically seeing them in the middle of like a takedown of a criminal and basically bringing them back. You know, they arrest him and all that. Um, but so, and then you get to, yeah, you meet Hal, and then there's a weird sex scene where there's comets shooting off in space, but it's basically depicting jizz. <laughs> Jism. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's it looks jism. like... Yeah, jism. Do, so these... do you get that it's King Lear? <laughs> there's, yeah, totally. There's a, there's, a, there's a scene where he ends up hooking up with this blonde, and... Oh, it's not Aresia, is it? <sighs> it's not... Is it the twelve-year-old love interest? Hold on, I'm trying to see if they has a. The, there, there's a there's a Green Lantern character who's a twelve-year-old who made herself look like a, a full-grown woman with Green Lantern powers. So yeah, and she did this in front of Hal, and he just like yeah, fuck it. 
basically, Literally. it's a. I'm looking for a name, but I don't know if they've actually mentioned it. I'm looking, and, and so basically, she comes, she rolls up, and he's staring into space, like on the ground outside of their house. He's just basically laid out on the lawn, and then he, and then dreaming about space and flying, like you know, like how Jordan does, dreaming of passing pilot. through jism. And then, they, and then they mention the fact that he's basically a bum again, like at the start of the new Fifty Two. <laughs> like he basically is like, oh, I lost my job again, pumping well, gas, at the, bumping gas at the all night Fifty Two pickup, and yep. he's like, you were, you were a test pilot for Ferris. The blog says, and he's yeah. just like, yep, yeah, but I've lost that company so much money. Even with, even if I'm fucking the boss, they won't rehire me, <laughs> right? Um. And then it cuts from him helping her with the groceries into a saucy sex scene where in the background you see basically, I guess, the lantern coming to Earth like it looks like a comet. But it's right in the background of like there's a there's a there's a space scene behind them as they're like having sex. And so it really looks like like a cum shot like across this space. Oh, (laughs) goody. It's very it's very weird. And then from there, he Uh. meets a, a bum. God, he, he, yeah, yeah it, Grant. He, he gets into a fight. He gets into a hobo fight. <laughs> oh yeah, bum fights is back. Noise. I'll be loving the hobo life, stabbing people with my hobo yeah. knife. <laughs> but then it turns it turns out that there's some sort of colony creatures, not actual hobos, uh. that get into a fight with them on the side of the road. <laughs> And, and then and then that leads him to meeting the crystallized robot that I mentioned to you guys earlier. We need this is stop. all. Oh, his name's Chrysalon. That's what he calls him. Is that a character, Chrysalon? Fuck you! I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't he know. He said, but "Fuck you!" What? That's he, terrible. Name. You, you know him. He's probably like, "Oh, I dredged this up from a 1960s issue of Green Lantern." Like, you know how Morrison is. Yeah, oh, no, probably. I'm, I'm fully aware he could pull yeah. it from the yes. entire DC comic yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. He, because he mentions we working together with him in the past in this scene. So, anyways, do you think, do you think co- DC had just like a fucking like Rolodex of all of their characters, or I does more, or is Morrison just like that good? Well, they do that, that, have. That's one of his powers from ascending to the fifth right. dimension. He can <laughs> see all of DC continuity across all time right. and space. Oh he god, that, that, was, that was like a fucking nightmare. Anyways, yeah, yada yada yada. <laughs> Steinfeld, there, uh, joke. Uh, it, 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 he comes. It, the, he gives him the lantern. Ah, he comes. Yeah, he co- Yeah, exactly. He does earlier in this issue, but <laughs> he, <laughs> ah, this uh, this crystal robot chrysalon, whatever the fuck his name, chrysalon. Yeah, it yeah, gives just him. Like just still, just fuck you villain. with that fucking name, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. He basically they reenact the first Green Lantern Hal Jordan thing where the alien crashed and gives him a new lantern and ring because he's no longer the Green Lantern. And then and then basically they just forgive him. Like, nothing ever happened. <laughs> and then they're like, well, you're the Green Lantern again. Like, you ended up Man, taking... I said Hal Jordan was the most boring white guy, but now he's even getting fucking space white guy privilege. Yeah, like, he, he basically gets the powers back because he encountered this dude who crashed, like like he did so many times. And then ends up going and stopping a huge alien gerbil. <laughs> okay, we need to, to stop. God. You need to read this fucking book, is what you did. Yeah, there's a weird four armed alien Kid Man gerbil. Will, it's just he he needs it. There's a difference between experiencing a Grant Morrison book for yourself yeah. and also then trying to like explain that you experienced this to someone else. So, yeah. my next book. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, yeah, you need to read this. And then, the, and then the Guardians let him off the hook, and they're like, "Hey, well, you're the Green Lantern again," and, th- and that's the end. Of the Just but ugh. guys, forearm giant alien gerbil. He fights in the end. Anyway, yes. <laughs> so my next book is Bully Wars. Ooh, this is the latest book from Scotty Young, but not Scotty Young as. Artist Scotty Young as writer, right? That could go either way. <laughs> it's really weird because the guy they got to to draw it has a very Scotty Young esque art style, just not as good. Mm. But yeah, well, so- as someone who's read I Hate Fairyland, I find his style would be very difficult to imitate. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the art is done by a guy named Aaron Conley. Oh, yeah. And it is about uh, three kids. Well, kind of four kids, but I'll get to that. Yeah, so it's about three kids. Um, Ernie, Ernie, Edith, and Spencer. Uh, Three friends who, uh, it is their first day of high school. They're fucking getting ready. Uh, Fucking Ernie, uh, fucking Edith, Edith brought with her a fucking, like, snuffle up against backpack with fucking, or, like, it's a backpack that looks like one of those things from the Death Stranding trailer with a bunch of comic books in it. Uh, Ernie brought nothing. Uh, fucking Spencer brought every book he has ever read, as well as a giant rat suit, but I'll get to that. And then at the bus stop, they meet their bully from middle school, Rufus Roughhouse. He gets to school and begins like and begins like trying to fucking go. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, it's gonna be fucking great. And then he gets meet and then he gets a uh, meet met by the high school bully, Hawk, who then shows him into a locker. He then spends the rest of the first day trying to be a bully and then getting found by the bigger bully and just getting fucking dunked on. Like he's hung by his, un- like he's hanging by his underwear off a fucking basketball hoop. He's taped to a locker with cretin spray painted across him. Just fucking spitballs for days. All kinds of horrid shit. So he's like, and throughout all of this, the, the bullies along with Hawk are just fucking chastising him because he's never even heard of bully wars. This, mm-hmm. based on the name of it, this fucking secret underground bully competition to determine who's the best bully in the neighborhood mm-hmm. or the state or the world. Who knows? I don't know how big the scale of bully wars is yet. So now the bully is, has become the bullied. Yeah. But, but instead, instead of, instead of going down like the path, of like, Oh, I did something wrong. It's like, no, I'm the fucking bully. I'm going to get good. I'm going to get to bully wars and I'm going to kick this motherfucker's ass. Oh, okay. Okay. At which point, Spencer, uh, dressed in his giant rat costume to terrify Rufus, crawls out of a to- crawls out of the bathroom, like, like crawls out of one of the stalls, and is like, "Rufus, I am here to," and then just takes it to the head. He's like, "Yeah, I'm here to help you in Bully Wars." <laughs> so the series, it was the series will be about fucking Spencer, Edith, and Ernie trying to help Rufus become the greatest bully in the world, I guess, and beat Hawk in Bully Wars. Kind of sounds like some dumb fun. Yeah, and it kind of is like uh, the. Yeah, like uh, like while I said the guy does not do as like the guy does like Scotty Young esque artwork, but not as well. Um, I mean that just in terms of, like not yeah. not in terms of, like actual like style or anything. He does have his he does have his own style. Like a lot of the characters are have like very weird triangular body shapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I know I know the artist you're talking about. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I dig his stuff. Yeah, to them, uh, the colorist uh, also did a lot of work on this. With just made, just like having the colors be in incredibly vibrant and like the backgrounds in some of these things the backgrounds 
almost overtake the foreground art. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of like in terms of like coloring and detail in them, and this all it all looks pretty good for like the tone they're going for, and it does fit the tone of a Scotty Young story. It just I would prefer if this was Scotty Young drawing it. Sure. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Uh, writing wise, uh, it's not as solid a writing job as say I hate Fairyland. Hmm. Uh, but it's not terrible. Like Scotty Young is a, like, I, f- I feel like a, I feel like potentially um, I hate Fairyland is a bit of an outlier in terms of overall quality. But the but the art the writing for this is still at a pretty decent level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's grown over the years as a writer. I think he he's pretty decent now. I, I put some images in the group of like the thing I've read by that Aaron Connolly guy, this Sabretooth Swordsman. I really like, I dig his art in that. It's pretty awesome, this series, Sabretooth Swordsman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is... So... Th- th- this is less indicative of the, uh, like, of, like, the of, like the uh, tone behind the artwork. Oh, okay. So, so is it him trying to ape Scotty Young's style a little bit, Not though, his or? style, just his tone. Okay. Okay. Like, so just, like, that artwork, but with a more Scotty Young energy to it. Right. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, it's interesting so far. I... I'm a fan of Scotty Young, even when he is right. not drawing. I, I've, I'm finding enough in this to like. I'm mm. like Aaron Connolly. He is not as good as Scotty Young, but sure. Fucking, if I wait, if I read, if I only read books where Scotty Young, right. where, like the artist was better than Scotty Young, I fucking wouldn't <laughs> right. read anything. Right. I was gonna say you're not gonna read many books. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, yeah. He's like, like there, are, there are some artists where I'm just like, yeah, fuck, you're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like saying, you know, um, I like uh, James Stoko, but he's not doing it for me anymore. Let's see if someone can do it better. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see how Greg Land would handle this. <laughs> stock porn photo here. Stock porn photo there. Stock porn photo of Godzilla. Where'd you get that? Don't don't. Ask. Yeah. Hey, you, it's like, hey, fucking. It's like, it's like fucking. Is it Nick Bradshaw who did the whole? They did um, the yeah. the artist for Wolverine the X Men. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, Nick Bradshaw's bitty. Let's see what Doug Moink's up to. You know, we could have uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Frank Cho do Wonder Woman. What about Paul Galassi? <laughs> There's the fucking money. <laughs> there you go. There you go. As in that will save us money because we can we can pay Paul Galassi a lot less. Anyway, yeah, Bully Wars. It is. It's not really much to say on that. I just, I just kind of like, I, I, I like talking about it. It is a, it is a fun light book. That I, that I guess I have to fucking tie myself over on until Fairyland because I think Fairyland is Fairyland on like a break or something because this, this hit a very no. big fucking hit in the story arc. No, it might be done. on a hiatus. Oh, it's done. Oh, it's done. Done. Yeah. What issue you on? It ended. I think twenty issues. Uh, I just hit the part where she fucking ended up in an office job. Yeah, I think there's another arc after that. It's over. Yeah, sorry, dude. Sorry oh, man. To you. Yeah, he yeah. finished the series. That's why he's now doing this, and he also re- released a new uh, series this week, actually, called uh, Middle West, which is supposed to be really good. I'm going to check that out as well. No, wait, um, apparently fucking... Apparently that was the end of the series. 
Oh, the twentieth issue. The part, part. Oh, okay. So yeah, that is the. I forgot what the ending was. Then I did read it. What the fuck? Uh, That's the end. Yeah, she got out. Yeah. Yeah, she got out, and then it's like, yeah. oh man, this fucking sucks. I. She got I expected stuck in a mundane fucking life. Yeah. anything. No, that was it. God, damn it! I see. I didn't even <laughs> gloss over. I guess what you said the ending was because I just remember it ended. I did read it, um, but yeah, yeah, that's a shame. It was a good, ser- great series. I like that. Series it was a great a fucking series. I want to, yeah, I want a yeah. fucking adult Gert to get back into Fairyland and just fucking kill everyone. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, he could always her and Larry it. fucking get, fucking team back up. Fucking mm-hmm. Larry, oh, yeah, fucking the, OG. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. The bug. <laughs> but now instead, you just like, all right, fucking peace, Larry. I'm gonna be miserable at a TV station. The fly, yeah, the Jiminy Cricket of the yeah, the Jiminy world. Cricket who just yeah, yeah the, yeah, the fucking hard drinking, depressed yeah. Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> that issue was whatever, awesome. Man. The, the, one of the best <laughs> issues in that series was the one where um, where you get the whole backstory, like his backstory. Yeah, <laughs> like how he was all fucking like happy go lucky, like, well, hey guys, I'm here to be your guy through Fairyland. Yeah, it just and, ends and, up and, with fucking Gert. And then he did the issue that was basically his ode to like Lone Wolf and Cub. That was great too. Oh man, great series, but yeah, terrible ending. Well, I'm at. It was an ending. I mean, but yeah, I get. I mean, yeah, it's more than some here you can get, but like, it's better than Spy Boy. I feel like we should shoot higher than (laughs) an ending. Thanks, Nico. Thanks for stabbing me to make Dead Man feel better. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, buddy. (laughs) Anyways, is it too much to ask? (laughs) <laughs> that when a series ends, it ends well. <laughs> yes. Apparently. <laughs> Anywho, Birdie. Yeah. All right. So since we talked about crazy books, should I also do my craziest book of the night now, or uh, uh, save sure. that for last? Fuck it, man. All right. So I mentioned this to Dead One, and I've been looking for a reason to talk about this creative team for a while since they've only done web comics until recently. Exorcisters. Oh, yes. Yes. So this is a Dark Horse book from the Canadian team of Ian Boothby and Giselle Lagasse. Mm-hmm. I know that's just how you pronounce his name, but the way you pronounce Boothby sounded like you were trying to do the most Canadian name possible. Boothby, eh? Like, oh, yeah, it's Ian Boothby, eh? <laughs> Up there in Scarborough. All right, well, you're Canadian. You tell me how I'm supposed to pronounce that name. <laughs> Boothby. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, sorry to interrupt, I just want to mention one thing. That Giselle Lagasse, uh, Lagasse yeah. I don't know how I said it, she, uh, I met her at a con. She is, she, I own a commission from her that she did a The Pro by Garth Ennis up for me. <laughs> <laughs> I will get a picture, I'm going to send it to you guys at some point. I'm going to try a, to get one. Yeah. That, that makes too much sense because the book I most know her for, which is called Menage a 3, Oh, yes, is, the online one, yeah. right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. is essentially, the way they describe it is, uh, what if Friends was an HBO R-rated sitcom? Mm. Oh, very nice. Well, yeah, yeah so, I saw some of that stuff, so, and so I thought she'd be Look at the name, I believe it is uh, Giselle, like I say. Yes, right, she's, French. Okay. she's French. She's French, yeah. yeah. yeah the NDE has an excellent take you. New Brunswick, I think? Yeah, that's pretty French. I looked it up at some point. Yep. Anyway, so Exorcisters... Uh, the first issue is not all that weird. It's it's just what it ends on. It the first issue ends on the weirdest of all possible um, twists. 
Like, I'm used to strange twists at the end of first issues, but I mentioned this one to Dead Man. He was like, what? <laughs> so, the first issue is just, um, so th- this couple gets married, and the husband gets dragged into hell. So, uh, the wife calls in this sis- this pair of sisters who are exorcists and a specialist on the occult to figure out how to get him out of hell. Uh, one of them is a, like, punk rocker, carries a battle axe, likes kicking things type person. The other is the more... It's basically, uh, if you're familiar with Supernatural, it's Sam and Dean. Basically, yeah. okay. just if they were yep. chicks. And let me see if I can find a picture of them so I can post it. Like, But they ha- clearly have some Supernatural powers beyond what Sam and Dean would have because uh, the punk rock sister has a tendency... Like, so in the second issue, they... Um, have her essentially act out. They're actually basically in the movie The Exorcist where they have someone crawling on the ceiling staring at people and spewing pea soup at people. Yeah. And the punk rock sister's response was just speaking of disgusting she just sticks her hand down the possessed person's throat and pulls the demon out. (laughs) Naturally. But um... So, like, yeah, and the sisters have, one, like, a Sam and Dean-style contentious relationship where they have different approaches to things, and they work together, but they don't necessarily like each other on all things. Um, the big reveal comes when, um, <laughs> at the end of the issue, the two the sisters' um, uh, estranged mother shows up and says... And um, the more bookish sister says, look, can't you leave me and my sister alone? At which the mom says, that's not your sister. That's your soul. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, fuck, right. Oh, God. I and forgot when I told, that was the fucking thing. <laughs> and when I told Dead Man that, he was like, just, what? Mm. <laughs> So some more split. I mean, what the fuck did you want me to fucking say, dude? I don't know. It's it's just like, I mean, you're used to weird supernatural shit. You watch and read a lot of that shit. I thought you might have more of a weird, uh, more of a coherent reaction to it. That's all. It's never really been, it's never, I've never really had a thing of like, all right, yeah, so I'm talking about goes my sister. It's like, that's not your sister. That's your own fucking soul. (laughs) It's apparently a separate entity from yourself. That that's that's sense, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a fun read, and Nico, as someone who has a commission from her, you know, Giselle Lagasse is a good artist for like like yeah. fun, sexy comic sure. book, and this is all colored mm-hmm. because like when she when stuff when her old web series was colored, it was only kind of intermittently. So when it came up, it was nice. But mm-hmm. no, all of this is colored, and. Nice. I, don't, I don't know who I can't. Let me look up who the colorist is for this book. Um, yeah, she could also do, um, and she's also worked on some stuff. She also does like classic Archie style too. Yeah, like, no, yeah. she worked yeah. on Archie. She did some yeah. Jim and the Hologram stuff with Jill Thompson. So yeah, no, she's a very I dig her stuff. Yeah, yeah, and she really likes working with Ian Boothby. They've worked together on several series for their uh, their website, Pixie Tricks Comics. Uh, the 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 main MA3 one is the one I'm more fond of just because it has a lot more fun characters and more stupid shit happens but they also have one about uh, a gay actor in Quebec 
and his uh, his assistant, who is the sister of a of an ex porn star, who's trying to go legit. Naturally. <laughs> so you know, fun shit. It seems like she, it seems yeah. like she just kind of like a lot of her cruise is kind of like a more vanilla to Jeff and Sajic. I guess. I I mean. Okay, so I guess like she doesn't do the explicit bondage type like mm. kink stuff that uh, Jeff and Sajic does. But she can get pretty freaky. It's just that it's right. It's couched in a lot more like cynicism and comedy than Sajic stuff usually is. Okay, mm-hmm. which isn't a problem really. It's she's, she's yeah. Pretty funny. Well, that's well, that's why I I, I asked her. I to mean, do I don't, I, I, as an example, for Dead me. Man. Um, I, I don't think Step and Sajic has ever had a situation where the daughter of a hentai artist grew up with a fear of dicks that results in blind furious rage. <laughs> okay. Point. <laughs> so let me just write in um, "blind furious dick rage" into the into the show notes, <laughs> and we have a title. Yeah, I uh, that's why I got her to draw the pro for me because, like, you know, the Amanda Connor originally drew that who also can draw sexy people, but also funny, right? So I thought mm-hmm. that that would be a good mix given like the look of yeah. her art. And she's also uh, a very, from, I mean, I've actually she's actually one of those people I've actually talked to on Twitter. And she seems like a pretty down-to-earth, likable person. Like, she was having this yep. discussion with people about, yeah, look, I mean, when I got breasts, I, for the longest time, I was uncomfortable with them, even though I had them, so I always covered them up. And she just started this conversation of, how many characters do you know of that are drawn as sexy, but also drawn as not acting like they're sexy? Right. Which was kind of a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Because there are characters like that. It's just not as common, obviously. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I really like this book. It's as as the ending of the first issue noted. It's weird, but it's the kind of goofy, not taking itself terribly seriously weird that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, you can decide for yourself because I posted an image from the book in it, whether mm-hmm. or not you like the art for this series or not. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to probably pick up the trade of this. I once I saw that she was actually she was doing an image book, I was quite interested only because I know that like a lot of the stuff she did, like you said, she had a, a web series and Archie stuff, and she did a lot of cover work. But I've never actually seen her. Like I thought this was a big gig for her, essentially. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I no, was, and I, I mean was, I get the impression she's going to be doing a lot more professional work because she said on her Twitter she's ending a lot of her web comic stuff, which I, okay. to me to me reads. I need room to. I need right. time to do my uh, comic stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, which is good. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, that they, that worked out for Noel Stevenson. She started out doing web comic shit. And now she's developing animated right. series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a trajectory. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, so good book. I that. recommend it. All right. All right. Cool. So for, Nico, for, final book. Uh. Yeah. I actually really don't got much to say on this, uh, so I'll just uh, make it short and sweet here uh, for once. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Thor number seven, uh, the return of fucking Tony Moore. Woo! He came back for one issue, because this was a one-shot issue. Yep. (laughs) I don't think he's going to be doing the next issue. God damn it. But for all those people that are even yearning for some Tony Moore comics in their life because he doesn't fucking do comics really that often anymore, uh, this is honestly like the first time I've seen you're, him. You're, you're just a one night stand for him, dead man. Yeah, motherfucker. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry, Deadman. Honestly, I haven't seen any interiors from him since he started the Deadpool series, like, fucking, what, six years ago? What, this with, piece uh, of shit. Duggan? Yeah. Anyways, as you could imagine, Thor... Tony Moore, perfect fucking combo. <laughs> it was it was awesome. So yeah, that's all I gotta say. Uh, it was a one shot about Thor and uh, Loki's relationship. It's a flashback. It's about basically how Loki meddled once again, surprisingly, with the Thor back in the day in light of helping his father. Uh, it basically he he created this scenario where Thor fell in love with a, a woman. Oh, this uh, art's the shit. Yeah. Of course, fucking it's Tony, I, goddamn more. Yeah, yeah. He fell along uh, in love with a woman um, who was like a Norse, I guess, warrior at that time, uh, and she basically um, she, they fall in love, and then he makes it so Thor has to go fight this war in some other dimension against trolls or something like that, uh, which it, you know, the like time, you do. yeah, which uh, time moves differently for him when he went to this place and by the time he went back to earth she was an old she had died of age uh because time moved differently on earth it was like fucking out of like 60 years or something and it only was a few days for thor and essentially he, he broke his heart and basically he thought they were trying to make him so make it so he hated midgard and never wanted to return so loki agreed to help his father and it basically just kind of solidified the whole relationship that we even know to this day with Loki and his father and him and how he feels about Earth. And and yeah, so it's just like a nice little flashback one-shot story drawn beautifully by Tony fucking Moore, who does not draw enough comics. Draw more fucking uh, comics, you piece of yeah. shit. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's one of those things where I've seen his name on the, Dead on man the cover. Dead man demands his Tony Moore album when he makes... I, I got excited. I see this day, but I was like, oh, shit, Tony Ward. <laughs> and then, where I can fucking find the last goddamn interiors he did were back in 2013. With Deadpool, right? Yeah. 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 Motherfucker, and, and what, I need my it's fix. One of, <laughs> it's one of those things, too, where I'm like, I see this name on the cover or in the book. I freaked out. I was like, oh, shit, Tony Moore. I'm like, are we going to get an arc out of him? Sadly, it's not the case. And no, not, only that, not only that, um, I'm like, at least Frank oh, Cho uh, sticks around for an arc. For an arc, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, um, you know, y- you worry because over a certain amount of time, you don't see an artist. You're like, uh, has he lost it? Yeah, like, he fu- nope. Yeah. He, he has not fucking lost it <laughs> at all. He's gotten better, if anything. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? God damn it. Yeah. So, yep. Okay, I'm gonna see Check if you guys just fucking tweeted them in all caps. Just write more fucking yeah. books. God damn it, I need it. So, so, I, I so, love I love Dead Man's trajectory for this discussion. <gasps> Aww. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well listen, guys, like if you are not even reading this series, just pick this issue up. It's a one shot and it's beautifully drawn by Tony Moore. Enough said. <laughs> Dead Man. Dead Man. Tony Moore. Shout out to Stan. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, thing was, the thing was from happy to sad to fucking anger. Sorry. I know that was God an emotional roller coaster. Damn it, you motherfucker! As was this issue. <laughs> <laughs> Write more motherfucking books. You draw more motherfucking books. You piece of shit. <laughs> so yeah, Thor. <laughs> Go pick it up. Number seven. Number seven. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's just talk about fucking Blackbird then. Uh, sorry guys. <laughs> sorry, dead man. So it's written by Sam Humphreys. Drawn by uh, Jen Bartell. Blackbird is a book that I don't know how to feel about. Because it has a... It has a 
shaky but a shaky but interesting start. Then develops the character into the most insufferable person. Then kind of picks it back up, but then makes herself more insufferable again, and then just the fucking plot happens, and I was like, oh, I got to follow this kind of interesting story with this fucking character. Okay, so it starts out 10 years before the story actually takes place. Uh, it's uh, we got this girl, Nina. Uh, she... Believes an earthquake is coming. So she's like fucking just sitting there with her cat and her fucking thing sitting up with her sister. And then the earthquake happens. And it's like this big fucking thing. Oh, oh God. So then she then she and her sister just fucking run out of the house, get going. Uh, they end up under an overpass because that's the safest place to bleed during an earthquake, right? At which point uh, a car almost fell on them until a giant uh, lion dragon uh, saved them. At which point, a ghost went around and told everybody, it's like, hey, forget this happened. And they're like, yo, okay. <laughs> they, they go to Nina and say the same thing, but she doesn't forget, but says they but says that she did in a bold-faced and even from when even from when I was drawn, terribly told lie that apparently this cosmic force that can erase people's memories just totally bought. So then later that night, she has a dream where she's in a fucking like diner where... God and an evil shadow who looks like fucking Matter Red from Bedlam are as her face melts. Huh? What? Yeah. Then Wait, she wakes say up. Say that again. What? Matter Red from Bedlam, the comic. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like she's sitting at this fucking diner called the Great Oasis. Oh, so, yeah, the Great Oasis diner. On one end of the fucking table is this fucking David Bowie crossed with Jesus, crossed with Starfire. Look at motherfucker calls him the beacon. Then we cut over to the shadow that is just a fucking giant, jagged, toothy grin. In all red lighting as she's just freaking the fuck out. Then tries to find her cat. Then her mom dies. Then it is ten years later and she has grown up to be the kind of person who has blue hair, works at a bar, hates everyone, takes sleeping pills, and doesn't have her own apartment so she sleeps so she sta- so she fucking hangs out with her sister. Sleeps in her couch. This doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> no. Yeah. So she's shoveling. Sh- so she's shoveling shit one night out behind the diner and starts walking home. And then, oh hey, I saw this fucking symbol from uh, from Paragons, which I thought at first was a D and D reference, but no, it's apparently just this weird online community of fucking. It's apparently an online community of fucking Wiccans or some bullshit. Where it's like, yeah, okay, we fucking, yeah, we have, yeah, we're paragons, we got fucking magic, whatever you want, fuck. Or something. So she finds what is described, so she finds what she thinks is a paragon symbol, which apparently has the power to shift where it is on a wall, because in one sec, because in one panel, it is right next to the corner of the wall, and the other panel, it is like two feet, it's like five feet away from the corner of the wall, and that corner of the wall just leads to more wall. It was great continuity. <laughs> finds a bracelet, finds a gem, puts it in. Oh, it's fucking magic. This shit bag that was sitting at the bar. What? He's a fucking wizard. Oh, he's also a fucking prick. As he's as, he, as she fucking sees this magic city and he's like, eh, sorry, bitch, you're too fucking poor to get in here. Peace. 
their sister shows up and is like, hey, you fucking bitch, you're taking pills again, aren't you? I don't want to find your fucking dead body again. I did that one time. And then they start fucking screaming at each other. Then they get weird fucking glyphs in their forehead. And then the weird lion dragon shows up and takes her fucking sister. This is not saying you like this book. <laughs> I, I don't think I do now, now that I'm actually reading it again. <laughs> like, I'm reading it as I'm going through it to describe what's happening in it. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, so start out, start out relatively strong of like, all right, so we got this whole fucking concept of like the weird oasis diner. That's gonna be the thrust of the story. It's gonna be fucking this girl looking for her cat, dealing with dealing with the fucking aftermath of this goddamn earthquake, while she while she either believes that she is finding magic or slowly losing her fucking mind. Then nope, cut to ten years later, and she's fucking insufferable. Just the kind of person that I hate. The kind of person who wears a fucking necklace around. The kind of person who wears a fucking necklace that says that she says is a big spiritual meaning behind it, but she really got for thirty five bucks at a music festival. Mm. That kind of motherfucker. Oh, yeah. that faux pretentious. Yeah. So she's a hipster. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the blue hair and living rent free in her sister's couch. Right. <laughs> Dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And and uh, yeah, it's not particularly well written or well drawn. Like there was that continuity I mentioned earlier, and Jen Bartell is a pretty good artist. And not a comic artist though, just a pretty good artist cuz we see oh, some Oh, well, it's one of those is it one of those books where the artist doesn't have necessarily a good grasp of like paneling and flow? Um more a well, a bit of that, but then it's also more of a an idea of like she doesn't really do expressiveness all that well. Her faces are incredibly uh, flat, and a lot of the expressiveness is more just, I'm just going to move this asset around within the blank canvas of the face. I like see. look, Like, look at the f- cover of issue one, and you'll kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about, I think. I'll fucking find an image and send it to you. Da-da-da-da-da. This is amazing content for the internet. <laughs> I mean, Nico, can I, Nico and I could just talk about Ed Brubaker for a while while you're. <laughs> there you oh, go. go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, still I, image is pretty I see. Art. The artist is a master of beautiful, dull surprise. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, like when I, when I first started, when I first read this, like my initial thoughts coming, kind of coming away from it were. This started out pretty well, but then just kind of fucked itself by changing the character into a kind of person that I hate. Mm-hmm. But you see what I mean when I described her earlier, right? Yeah. Like, she's the kind of person who, like, is trying to start her Instagram fucking career by just, ha- by just fucking, like, posting hashtag vibes. Right. <laughs> hashtag don't care. Exactly. Hashtag woke up like this. Ugh. I hate that I knew any of those fucking hashtags to use. Yeah, you're on the internet. You're going to know some of that stuff. It's 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 inevitable that if you are spending enough time on the internet, you will know stuff about it that you wish you never knew. No, yeah, it's osmosis. <laughs> but, ugh. Like, I could have gone my whole life without knowing what the situation meant. 
That's a fucking pull. <laughs> oh. I mean, they're talking. They're talking about a reunion of the situation. I'm like, what? Oh, Ugh. oh no, Ugh. no. <laughs> Don't do that. We've made such progress. <laughs> oh, it took me a second to remember. Oh, you're talking about the Jersey Sh- Jersey Shore guy. Yeah. Ugh. The situation is the V going to his dick. <laughs> It's like a targeting computer. But for hoes. <laughs> anyway. Blackbird's not that good. But it's a shame. I like Sam Humphreys. Oh, that's who wrote this. I didn't hear you say that. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is Sam Humphreys' book. Uh, that's a shame. And, like, as... And, like, as just kind of... I, again, like, that fucking first, like, five pages of this book. Right. I thought our I thought we're fine. Mm-hmm. Then just took, takes a nosedive. It sounds like yeah, and then jumps ahead ten years, like it's like it's a fucking manga trying to gain relevance. And then just well, they suck now. Or well, well, you you gain confidence and then we're canceled. <laughs> oh man, robot class robot class laser beam was so good. I sent you the picture of the pro dead man. If you want to share it with in the text, if you want to share it with uh, Birdie too. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's what I got, Birdie. All right. Uh, so the last book uh, since I started, I guess it's appropriate since I started with Brubaker tonight. I should end with Brubaker. Uh, Batman: The Man Who Laughs. So. Right. This collection I read, uh, it features the story that is The Man Who Laughs. It also features a random side story, which is weird because tonally it fits, but stylistically and story-wise, it's so not the same thing. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) Okay. Like, okay, so the first story is just... Ed Brubaker telling his version of Batman's first encounter with the Joker. Yeah. Which, you know, good story to tell. It's sort of Batman coming to realize, I I had trained to deal with mobsters and crooks and assassins. I had not trained to deal with sheer fucking insanity. (laughs) And what ultimately convinces him to, uh, of what, how, both how to deal with the Joker and what he's dealing with in terms of the Joker is that he accidentally gets exposed to a milder version of Joker gas chemical. And though he manages to survive it, for a while he's just drifting around in a haze of crazy imagery and weird bullshit drawn by, uh, what's this guy's name? Doug Monkey, I think is how you say it? Oh yeah, that guy. Yep. Yeah. With occasional inter- interludes by uh, another favorite artist of mine, Tim Sale. Mm-hmm. And uh, that story is fine. Nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly good. It's Brubaker's take. I mean, it, it's a very narrative-heavy take, but since Brubaker's all about noir, it doesn't feel unearned, and it fits the story they're telling because it's Batman trying to figure out what's going on in the Joker's head just to discover there's nothing going on in the Joker's head. Okay, then. And yeah, um, full disclosure, when I read this... 
I initially thought it was about the bat. I initially thought about was about the Batman who laughs. Oh, oh! You thought I was talking about the Dark Knight's metal thing? Yeah, I was like, wait, Brubaker wrote that? I was like, oh no, wait, no, it's okay. Yeah, that's the the man who laughs, and then it's the the, the yeah the bat the bat the, 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 the Batman who laughs. Who laughs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've felt no compulsion to read Dark Knight's metal mainly because of you two, so I don't really feel like breaking. <laughs> That trend. You know, it's 100% fair. <laughs> yeah. I think so, you'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Joker story's quite good. Um, the other one is also good, but it's weird because it's a cold case murder. It's a cold case serial killer murder mystery that heavily involves Alan Scott Green Lantern. <laughs> That's a fucking pull. Okay. Oh, this is collected. Oh, yes, I love this yeah. story. Yes, yes, yes. This is a good one. But, it's the but baseball it's, bat one, right? Yeah, it's just it's yes. so bizarre because like yeah. it's it's the story of the one criminal who figured right. out that Gr- right. Alan Scott Green Lantern's weakness was to wood. Right, right. Which is the weirdest fucking thing I know. <laughs> no, you want to hear a fuck? You want to hear a fucking better one? Better weakness? Fucking. Uh, Power Girl, her original, her original weakness was any non-processed material. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so so a fucking steel beam couldn't hurt her. A pebble? Right. Fuck up her whole day. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. But yeah, and so this is the story of a serial killer who hated Alan Scott because in the middle of a supervillain fight, his store got trashed. Uh... And when he just during a, a when he was watching a fight between Alan Scott and, and sports a a golden age era sportsmaster, they were he noticed that the weakness to wood carved himself a baseball bat and started killing people just to get Alan Scott's attention, so that if he ever showed up, he could fuck him up with the baseball bat. <laughs> oh my god, that's the dumbest fuck. What the fuck? And that was the backstory. That, that was the original series of murders, which happened back in the 40s in this timeline. Oh, and God. Fucking Alan Scott, man. And Alan Scott somehow still alive and still looking pretty good for someone who must be in their 80s or 90s, according to the timeline. That's uh, space magic. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, is called back in by Batman when a, a killer using the same exact uh, M.O. shows up in Gotham. And Alan's just like, I knew this was going to come back to haunt me one day since I, this was the case I never solved. And it's just the rest of the story, while it is a very good detective story featuring mm-hmm. weir- weirdest, the weirdest thing that I like the most, it features a retired uh, Jim Gordon. Right. Where right, like right. where like everyone still calls him the commissioner, but he's like, guys, I'm not the commissioner anymore. I'm not even a cop. It's like, yeah, sure. Whatever you say, commissioner. Like, God, God damn, damn it, it. You fucking rookies. <laughs> I'm just an old man now, you motherfuckers. Yeah, and like, in it's that story of an old cop still having the itch to seek justice, even if he's not a cop anymore, and it ultimately getting him in trouble, even if it doesn't kill him. Although it also made me feel sad because uh, um, uh, Oracle's in the story. Oh man! And it's like, ah. I know they finally got rid of Babs Tar's version of Batgirl, which I forgot to say. Ding dong, the witch is dead. The witch is dead. The witch gold witch. <laughs> I'll, I'll piss on its corpse later, but uh, 
I'm allowed to do that. We'll I have, hate Neil. We'll, we'll have a big party. It'll be her and Joe Casada. <laughs> but uh, just dancing like, around, yeah, re- singing fucking praise the Tekatia, the witch, the witch yeah. god, or whatever. Yeah. But like the rest of the story is just Ed Brubaker's take on the differences between Gotham of like modern, gritty, dark age era comics versus golden age era Gotham, where yeah, there was lots of crime, but people still trusted the cops. Everything still seemed to work. It was the a much sun more existed. Community. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, he's also not shitting on that version of comics. Like, Batman goes through the whole story saying, I loved everything about the way you used to do things. That's not how we do things now, but there's nothing wrong with the way you do things. And I still respect you and honor your contributions as a superhero. Okay. And it ends uh, after they find discover that... Uh, once they figure out who... because. They didn't discover who the original serial killer was back in the 40s. That's the reason that the case went unsolved. They had to solve that murder that that murder spree to figure out who the likely new murderer is, who turns out to be the good-for-nothing son of the guy who was the previous murderer. So, question. I don't know that much about Alan Scott. Mm-hmm. What was he before he became Green Lantern? Uh, I think he was kind of a... Uh, Kind of a Bruce Wayne type, because he seems to live pretty well even now, even though he's a retired superhero. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he would make his money from if he wasn't doing it something in I, the private sector. Yeah, I, I, I always just knew him as yeah. Justice Society. Uh, yeah, right. Like that was his main. Yeah, it's, it's thing. just, it's just like, the way that we're talking. Just the way that you're talking about it. It would make it would make sense in this story if Alan Scott was a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. If he was just some asshole who found a magic ring, or magic lantern, I guess, space magic lantern, mm-hmm. why was he personally hunting down murderers? Like, yeah, like, yeah, that's a Batman thing to do because he's a fucking detective. But, but like most superheroes, if unless it is like unless it is like it's usually the cops find a murder and then they'll call in a person who's like, hey, this looks like this guy you used to hunt. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's what happened is that Batman discovers the murders, f- traces the history, and asks Alan Scott about it. Yes, but and why was Alan Scott involved originally? Because uh, and this is the weird part. This is this is some version of events where Alan Scott was a superhero before Batman ever became a character. <laughs> yeah, that timeline sure is fluid. Yeah, because, I mean, no, I'm not kidding, Deadman, because they show a version of Alan Scott giving a monogrammed baseball bat and a picture to Thomas Wayne as a kid. So I'm Oh, like, God. <laughs> that yeah. fucking space magic is putting some work in. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> That bitch is like 120. Yeah, so according to Br- Brubaker's take on events, like Alan Scott was the protector of Gotham City before Batman was a thing. Mm-hmm. But but like, mm, again, I'm just just like, was somebody Alan Scott knew killed by this baseball guy? What was like, what was that? Um, sure. Yeah, because like, like, unless like the only the only real way that I've seen like superheroes dealing with like insane serial killers is a the serial killer is using one of their old guys is using one of their old enemies fucking techniques so that so that got like i'm on the case b somebody they knew got killed or d they're doing a favor for the cops 
It's it's like like unless unless the, unless your fucking superhero is built around the idea of they are a detective or some kind of super cop. You don't really I I don't really see a whole lot of reason for him to personally track down a single murderer. Okay, fair enough. Might just, that might just be a me thing. It might just be a me thing is for why I'm going to hung up on this, but mm. but just like hey, Alan Scott, the not cop version of Green Lantern. You know that you know that guy you used to chase back in the day when you didn't have to chase fucking murderers by yourself. He might be back. Fucking let's team up, dog. Yeah, sure. I understand that complaint. No, I, it's like I said. Any whenever Mar- whenever DC tries to like square the the golden age or silver age version of their characters with a with modern takes, there's always some like eh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I'm just surprised that Alan Scott is still like a regular fixture in the DC universe because it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the big push a- that remember that big push when they made him gay. Yeah, in the Earth Two book. Yeah, Earth was it Earth One? No, it was just or called Earth Two. Earth Yeah, two. It was Earth, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it was where Earth it's from. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Just the train crashes, then the big yeah. fucking. No, I, re- I remember. And then yeah. and that and that Earth's version of the green made him yeah. a lantern. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I. Which I, isn't I, that? I, a t- I read that book for a little which while. Which isn't that? Speaking of Stanley Deadman, isn't that a take on the Stanley presents the Green Lantern thing? I don't think so. I'm not super familiar with all the Stanley presents. Because like, there's a Stanley presents where someone who is an environmentalist is discovered by like a like an ancient tr- uh, like an ancient form of like the consciousness of nature that empowers him as a green superhero, literally and metaphorically. Oh no! Yeah, so that's Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, a dude finds Yggdrasil. Yeah, I couldn't remember what the exact nature of it was, but yeah. So that must be what that's a reference to. Maybe I think it's I think it is more of the fact of like of like all right, so yeah, we can't have him do the magic space rock, and we can't do fucking other stuff. I mean, it's some green bullshit. Yeah, you're like yeah, sure. okay. I'm James Robinson. I'm drunk at this point. I yeah, haven't, I, mean, I haven't written I like, Airboy yet. <laughs> I mean, there's not. I mean, aside from like a few, my, they have this one third artist who does like an occasional panel, but most of it is Tim Sale or Doug Monkey, and I like both those artists, and I love Ed Brubaker as a writer. So there's not really much to complain about, other than the weirdness of Batman discovering a series of murders and saying, "Hey, Alan Scott, what's up with this?" Huh. Yeah, I like this. Alrighty. Nice. Anywho. Uh, yeah, so that does what we're reading then. Uh, news-wise, we got really one thing that I kind of found just searching through news today. Uh, so, The Man Without Fear, an upcoming five-issue uh, Daredevil limited run series, uh, seems to have lost their series artist at least for two issues (laughs) that's not good (laughs) yeah so uh the series will begin coming out in january Uh, it'll be a weekly series for five issues and it was originally it was originally solicited as um danilo bayruth uh writing sorry drawing all five issues uh but then but then the new solicitations have been released and yeah they swapped it out for uh stefano landini on issue two and um 
Ibing Coelho on issue three. Uh, Marvel has not given any reason for this. So I was left to speculate, what the for you? <laughs> yeah, again, I'm, I'm fucking trying to find news. Not, not exactly a fucking banger time for news in comics right now. Yeah. Anywho. That's going to be it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back at some fucking point with more of this shit. Till I'm dead. I'm Birdie. I'm Nico. We'll see you guys next time.